I return to my first love, the legitimate theater. As a young female artist, I really love living in this East Village loft. Oh, that must be our new landlord, Mr. Stingley. <laughs> Where is the rent? I must have the rent. Dollars, dimes, and nickels, I need them all right now. I literally chewed the scene. <laughs> So this one went a lot longer than we expected. We had a lot of great feedback. Um, but with that said, if we were to put the drops into the show, we would add probably about another 45 minutes to an hour of runtime for the show. And we know no one's got time for that. So what we've done is we've put together a Spotify and a YouTube playlist for your listening pleasure, uh, featuring a lot of the songs that we talk about on the show. You can check those out by using the search keywords Geek Salad the Musical on both Spotify and YouTube. And I'll also make sure that I embed the uh, links into the description so you can follow those as well. And of course, I'll also uh, put the links on our Twitter page and our, um, and our Facebook page as well. Thanks, happy listening, and make sure you silence your cell phones before the show begins. you've seen a show, then you already know how magical theater can be. It's a two-hour live-action, barely affordable, unlip-synced version of Glee. So this song goes out to the rest of you, those who've never seen theater before. Because Broadway has never been broader, it's not just for gays anymore. Like someone that this world excludes It's no longer only for dudes who like dudes Attention every reader, you're invited to the theater It's not just for gays anymore The glamour of Broadway is... Welcome theater goers, and please silence your cell phones and all mobile devices for Geek Salad episode 155 Play Bill and Rent's Excellent Adventure. I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And today we have not one but two special guests. Yay! Uh, first of all, my lovely wife Autumn. Hello. Yay. And uh, we actually we went all out. We got ourselves a professional actor type. Oh hi, Geek Salad. To join us. Uh, no, no, Tommy Wiseau <laughs> could not join us. He, I wasn't able to give him the uh, the dozen red roses. <laughs> Please hold all the applause until the end of the performance. Yeah. Please. No, flash photography. <laughs> yeah. Um. Matt Jones, who is a longtime listener of the show and a longtime friend of mine, he and I have actually done a few shows together, yes, we have. which I'm sure we will reminisce about at some point. Because See, we do have listeners. There are people out there that like us. <laughs> and we have them right here. Um, and we didn't pay them. Right. Actually, Matt and I, uh, oh, you were, you, were, you were one of my seconds in uh, Herod's song, right? Me, me and Jim. Oh, boy. Yeah. I wish I'd seen that. Oh, There's you wish. Like, Jim isn't Jim out there. I don't know. I know I've seen the video Jim isn't Jim at Matthew? Jim's house. Yeah. There's photographs somewhere. Oh, photographs. Oh, he, oh, I'm not going to forget this. We, <laughs> we need to contact Jim's mom. But there yeah. is video. I, I witnessed it. Yep. Yep. Oh. Nobody's. It Jim. was nobody's finest moment. Oh, Jimmy, I'm not going to let you forget this. I, I want to hear, hear Jimmy. Oh, wait, wait. I was Herod. We, we won't describe what Andy's costume was. Oh, no, exactly. Let's just say it was so hot I could pop popcorn in it. <laughs> so anyway, um, today we are talking about, we're talking about musicals in all their glorious forms, both Broadway, community, uh, movies, TV, even those very special musical episodes on TV that the kids are so fond of these days. 
Because Flash really needs an episode, a musical episode. Let's yeah, not right? get started. It was a about fun episode. It was not. What are you? It was a fun episode. You are. All right, boys, they boys, good songs. Hey, you know what? Let's just let's just destroy people's love of mo- of regular musicals, and then we'll talk about this, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so. I know. I, I have, have no. You know what? I have opinions about TV musical episodes. Yeah, so. but they're not right opinions. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. So anyway, gentlemen. Where? Um. <laughs> normally, when we do the show, just to peel back the curtain a little bit, we usually have a pretty tight itinerary, and then we're like, "I'm going to throw out some Facebook feedback. We'll take about three or four minutes and discuss that." And um, then we'll move on to what we want to talk about. Because normally that's how it works. That's because we don't get a pile. We don't get a pile. Uh, we, we had who? well over 60 comments <laughs> when I put out the call just asking, what musicals would you like us to discuss? And for the first time in 155 episodes, we're letting the feedback guide the conversation. Because, oh my God. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> The funny thing is, too, I was getting responses from people I didn't expect to get responses from. I know, like, right? The theater people, my theater brethren and sisterin. Sure, I understand. John Saul, Jamie Shea, Matt, I understand. But Stephen? Keith Martin? I know. Oh my god, it's like, do they make Dungeons and Dragons into a musical? No. Yeah, I, I was... I've heard a song about Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, oh yes, you did. Well, that was a was that a Stephen Lynch song though. Yeah. Yes. It's D and D fighting with the demons of yore. It's D and D. Never kissed a lady before. <laughs> it's a great song. It is up. a great song. I, I, I've heard it. <laughs> Just hearing Andy sing it. Yeah. Hey. We're going to sing a lot during this show. I was at, I was at work. Yeah, and I kept hearing my phone go off like every five seconds. I'm like. I'm not supposed to have my phone on the work before. <laughs> I, I, mean, had to, I had to turn off notifications. Yeah, because yeah. it's like every five minutes I get getting something. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. So why don't we start with uh, John Saul, who Autumn and I actually worked with in 1776. We did a show with him. I'm going to give him credit. how old are you? Yeah, it's been a long, long time. <laughs> Cryo-freezing. It's not just for Disney anymore. Right. <laughs> All right, so John Saul brings up Starlight Express to include crazy concept musicals. Matt? Um, okay. <laughs> I, I saw this on Broadway. Um, I was obsessed with the London cast recording for years. It was great. I loved it. Listen, wore out the CD listening to it. Couldn't wait to see it on Broadway. And, Couldn't wait. But? But between London and Broadway, they rewrote half the damn thing. <laughs> oh, no. So, Matt, that, Matt, don't meet, never meet your idols. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That seems like the type of show that ten-year-old me who loved trains would love to go watch. Oh. See, I remember the Amex commercial that they had. Like there was uh, yes, the in the mid eighties. The mid eighties. Yes, it's coming to Broadway, and you can only get it by reserving on American Express. And I'm like, wow, it's a roller skating thing with trains. Okay, it looks like cats on roller skates. <laughs> but the thing is, the, the London there's actually a story to it, and the London version like really works. It like it actually had like a plot, and it had what is it? Thomas the Tank Engine on LSD? <laughs> In a way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you crafty but then, Brits! You. But then, and this is like this is something that happens when shows come from London to Broadway. They will often rewrite it and or dumb it down for American Look, audience. The American, American audience? It happened with no. it happened it, it, chess. They completely rewrote chess. It's called localization. Yeah. The hell you say. They, oh, yeah. You think? 
Uh, and I was hor- I was probably in high school at the time when I saw this, and I was horrified. I'm like, what did they do to this musical? It was great, and now it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to jump, but I saw uh, Martin Gare in London, Ooh. and I fell in love with it. And, it was, and I was waiting and waiting and waiting for it to come to Broadway, and it never actually made it to Broadway, but I did just listen to the soundtrack, the American version, last summer. And they did the same thing because us dumb Americans don't know anything about the 16th exactly. century religious exactly. wars in France, so we have to be dumbed down, and they just destroyed the show, which yeah. I'm glad it didn't make it to Broadway, because <laughs> it would just be disappointing. It's the same thing with chess. They changed the ending of chess when they yep. brought it to Broadway. They oh. changed it so the American wins. Right. You know, Americans wouldn't lack a Rusky winning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> It'd be like the, the, the American chess player loses and then puts his fingers through the, the great fence. Avenge me! <laughs> Avenge me! <laughs> Stay alive, whatever may cry. We'll get checkmate. <laughs> now, well, a couple of thoughts I had on Starlight Express. First of all, I am dying to know if there was a high school that was ballsy enough to try to do this. No and way. It resulted in no way. No way. Yeah, here's the thing. I wanted something that was like so abysmal. It's like we can do it. We have. We're gonna spend all our budget on the track, and not, none of our our students are gonna know how to skate, resulting in so many injuries. <laughs> Allie Kerper brings up that Littleton did it in the eighties. I swear, my sister, despite being in middle school, since they let older middle school kids audition, I have, I just have a vivid memory of roller skates and rainbow socks. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So yeah, John Saul had seen it. Uh, his brother saw it on Broadway. You saw it on Broadway, Matt. Um. And then Jonna says she saw it uh, back in the day. She was waiting for someone to shoot off the stage and be launched into space. <laughs> and now I'm picturing a crossover with the recent incarnation of Pippin. <laughs> Only not as cool. Every time I think of this too, you know, what I think of the costumes in Captain EO. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They, were, yeah. Oh, yeah. they were similar. Silver with big shoulder, big big, big shoulder pads. Yeah, like yeah. I saw a picture of Mickey Mouse at the opening of the California Star Tours, and that's essentially what he was wearing. This is what they thought we would wear in the future, like triangular shoulder pads. <laughs> and I actually saw Captain EO uh, when they did him when they revived it one time down in Epcot. I went and saw it because you know I, why not see it. Came out thinking that is the most eighties thing I've ever seen in my entire life. The only thing more oh, Starlight 80s. Express is the most eighties thing that I've ever seen. I've never seen Starlight Express. Oh my god! No, Mike, I haven't seriously. seen it, but you, you can see. You can, I remember the Amex commercials and like, wow. No, who wrote the music for that one, man? Andrew Lightbringer. Oh, okay, that's what I thought. That's I just what, didn't want to say. That, yeah, isn't that one of his cool? And it's not. It's not half bad. Some of the songs are actually pretty good. Oh, okay. But just but the 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 way they changed it for Broadway just. Fell flat. They added characters. They changed characters. Oh, cool. well, like love it never was like dies. A dip between cats and Phantom. Right. He yes. had his, his little. Yep. That's why. Dip. That's why it's yep. cats yep. on skates. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like um like the stories I heard about love never dies. Oh. Also Andrew Lloyd oh, Webber. God. Yes. No, um, no, and I'm oh, gonna give a, I'm gonna give a, a plug here to Musical Hell on YouTube. <laughs> um, <laughs> We discovered we were, we discovered this wonderful channel, which apparently this woman was separated from birth from my wife. If you ever they, listen to this diva, I swear you're my doppelganger. Yep, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and the funny thing is, too, I think you're both the same age too. I think she we are. Kind of yeah. dated herself in separated a tweet earlier. Yep. Uh, but yeah, no, they never disagree with it, with any. They they always have like the same thought, which is really weird. 
but she had covered Love Never Dies. And they're like, there's this... On purpose? On purpose. Well, yeah, because it's, it's the bad musical. Oh, okay. And the bad filmed musical. Got it. And what she does is she has this little um, device that she kind of uses whenever somebody says something incredibly stupid that does not move the plot or <laughs> destroys the plot, like um, the Phantom trying to call out to Christine's best friend. Meg. Meg. But he says Christine's name instead, and then they cut to, I believe it was Naked Gun, 33 and a third, where everybody just, like, Smacks slaps their heads. heads. <laughs> it's like they start with the two cops, and then with an, it ends with an entire audience of people slapping their head at the same time. Uh, definitely, Musical Hell, it's on YouTube. <laughs> Check it out. Subscribe, because you'll love it. Yeah, I, I, I heard that he was making Love Never Dies. I just never thought it was actually going to be real. We watched, it, we get through the first act. It's Either been in Boston or it's coming, coming to Boston. Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This year. Year. It was, it was Don't waste short, your money. It was shortlived <laughs> on Broadway. Now it's on tour. And it's just, it's like, what? why? Why is there a sequel it, to It's Man fan fiction. We, That's it, what it is. Exactly. And it's it's a, a, a friend of mine is uh, on the, the Phantom of the Opera National Tour right now and was trying to like describe some of it to me. They <laughs> all went to see it. See it to see it. <laughs> <laughs> love their, to the sequel to the well, show, see, they're all in. It, it starts in a freak show. And it's, and it's, it's, it kind of is. It's like, it's like, um, the Phantom and Madame Geary have are, are have some sort of act. They're in like Coney Island, Atlantic. Wait, 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 what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Coney Island. Said, yes. Wait a minute. What is the correct response? <laughs> and, and then and Christine has a baby, and then you find out that it's the Phantoms, and you're like, and you're like, what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I may not know musicals, but I know that kind of the general story of the Phantom. <laughs> The idea yeah, is I that did. when the Phantom took her down to his lair, there he was took that, her there, down yes, to the there lair. There was that one night. And then that she has to been, pass must, off the child as Rowles, who turns must, out to be a degenerate alcoholic asshole. Been, right. Must have been because so nice. we need to get rid of him. Oh, my God. It is just... It, seriously, you don't need to... Like, Autumn and I got the DVD from Netflix, got through the first act, and said, I, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that gives a whole new meaning to the music of the night. Oh, my oh, God. It was oh, terrible. But definitely, <laughs> it was terrible. check out Musical Hell's uh, uh, recap of it. It's hilarious. <laughs> Okay. So, all right, next up, uh, yeah, Keith Martin, who is a big D&D libertarian guy, talked about, how about the Broadway version of the Who's Tommy? Saw it in Toronto. Okay. Um, we actually, I do want to come back to this one because it does fall in with the jukebox okay. musicals, but... Yeah, well, I watched the movie Tommy. Right. I, I, will I saw a dinner theater production of it in <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Oh, you win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, there's, there's no talking that. I, ha- I had two friends in it. I was obligated to go. Yep. Yep. Yeah. How do you think he does it? Two tacos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it could be. It could have been worse. Could have been a Renfest version. Oh God! Fetch him on the, the, the leg of lamb. The um, this I remember getting the CD. Like I got like the the highlights mm-hmm. CD because I was cheap. Um, age has not been kind. Twenty three years has not been kind to this musical. No, no. but it has. I'll give it credit though for a concept album gone to Broadway. They were pretty true to it. Oh, I'll they're, give very, them they're this. very true to it. Yes. Very true. I, give I hear them that. I've heard American Idiot is actually a better concept album to musical than it, it, that's what I've heard too even though I didn't need like all 20 cast members strumming guitars the time of your life good riddance <laughs> um, that, that sounds like something out of uh, out of, uh, out of uh, the uh, Mighty Wind 
Oh yeah. Oh god, yes. The band that all everybody's like enough tet. It's enough tet. It's the perfect sound. It's nine people singing in harmony. <laughs> God, I can't believe we made a Mighty Wind reference on this show. Yeah, it only it only took 155 episodes to make that Mighty Wind reference. No, to make a Christopher Guest reference. No, we uh, make we, those we all made, the time. Yeah, we made that. It goes to 11. Because yes, oh, that's seriously. Really, yeah. You yeah. say that every I keep week. forgetting. <laughs> what? I say that every day. All right, uh, Brian Boz brings up all the massive ones: Les Mis, Phantom. I'm going to assume the etc. means cats and um, Miss Saigon. Miss Saigon. Oh my god. I remember when Miss Saigon came out. Um, and even so much with Les Mis. This was back when Matt and I were doing Hudson Drama Workshop. And Alan Mackey. Late 80s. Late 80s. Alan Mackey wouldn't shut the hell up about Les Mis or Miss Saigon. In fact, I believe he shed tears. Many. I believe you're right. Many sad tears. Yes, you don't understand how beautiful, how beautiful this is. I don't want to listen to it again. <laughs> But I, I got to admit, I love Les Miserables. I will actually. It's, you probably, I don't know, maybe you you went. It was junior senior year. We went to see Les Mis in Boston. I did not go. Oh, you did not go because I remember it was jun- the junior and senior classes went to go see Les Mis. I in did Boston not go either. By the you, way, I would have been you, senior. Were, you already graduated. No, I would have been senior when you were a junior. No, you know, I was a senior. It was a then senior. Never mind. I was, was gone. the senior <laughs> and junior classes went. I was now, I hanging my, out there, but that's my that's my, my overriding memory. We were up in the balcony. It was me, Matt White, James Sawyer. We were all sitting there watching. We were like all into it. And the, they, I, I did not see that the cannon was right there. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! And I almost went over. <laughs> wow. I mean, like Matt reached over and like actually grabbed me. We know this guy, no, Dave Dodge, who is... I, they call him a uh, Les Mis... Obsessive is putting it mildly. He actually had tattooed on his chest. What are the numbers? Because I can't remember them. Two, Two four, six, oh, one. one. On his chest. Just over the off chance that he ever gets cast is in that. And then he can just say, oh, gosh, I don't need the makeup. I got it. <laughs> oh, good God. Oh, God. my God. I've never seen Lee Miss. Like, oh, it's actually, it's, 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 it's excellent. A great I'm, not, musical. I'm not big on musicals where everyone dies at the end. Two people live. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, wow. And they're the likable ones. It's a regular Hamlet, then. Yeah, isn't it? yeah two of them live. Honestly. Well, plus, we, plus we, had, we actually had to read the book for French class. Oh, yeah. Oh. In French? French? In French. French. Oh. We read it in French. Oh, wow. And that, oh, was, well, that, was, that was the reward for reading the book, was going to. Was it like the oh, abridged see, version? Because it's like a 2,000 page book. Because you'd still be reading it. Yeah, it in multi columns. Yeah, that, that was the above average class. I was an average French. We did Le Comte de Monte Cristo. No, we did. Nah. We, we read Les Mis, and as, as reward for finishing it, we got to go see it. In- oh my God, we, yeah, I can't. But Mike, um, with the exception of Russell Crowe singing like a baboon that had a stroke, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> the movie is actually the movie, very good. The movie is good, although yeah, uh, we have we have, this, we have right. disagreements. Can I just say, for somebody who's yes, never continue. seen it, it's a good, it's a good enough representation. Sure. Wait a second. You've never seen Les Mis in person in the actual movie. Oh, I have. Otto and I went to go see it. No, he's referring to me. Oh. And and I saw I saw it um, I saw the movie because I had a coworker that was in the uh, not the Screen Actors Guild and Hugh Jackman. No, he was not the Academy, uh, but he was in SHE, and so we got to see it when it came out for the the Oscar. Yeah. Oh, the screener. Yeah, the screener for the Oscars. Oh, cool. So we got to watch that, and it was enjoyable enough, but 
I had heard my husband sing it ah. several times, and you know, he can sing the Russell Crowe part because he's not a tenor. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bass baritone, and he sounds great. I'm going to throw something out and say: if you've never seen Les Mis, don't watch the film. Watch the 25th anniversary Royal Albert Hall yes. concert stage yes. version. Okay, you're which right. You can get you're on right. Netflix, which has some excellent performers. It's basically like the stage production because it's a it's a stage concert, but they've got the lights and they've got the costumes and they've got the special effects. They just it's a concert. I don't really know what's different other than the staging. It's is, less stage. They don't. Well, they, do, they don't have the turntable, right? Yeah. But it's the whole show, and it's a much better representation of what you would see. As long as you can deal with Nick Jonas, you're okay. Yeah. Ignore him, but Alfie yeah. Bow is an excellent uh, yeah. Jean Valjean. They, they, they did excellent. a lot of culling from the various casts around yep. the world to take. We'll take the Valjean from this cast and the Eponine from this cast. <laughs> yeah, put them all together in a concert. I love the when they, they, they bring all the Valjeans of the world together. Yes. and it's like was that guy an Iron Chef? <laughs> <laughs> I went into seeing the film Les Mis. I had every hope in Hugh Jackman. I did not go in like set against him. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be great, and I felt just kind of like. My understanding is that Hugh Jackman is actually a very talented musical. He is. Yeah, he is. is. He's, he's very won a Tony for a musical. But his Valjean, nom- uh, the boy from Oz, it was, okay. it was, and he's been nominated for many more. Fine Has for it? me, yeah. it was just okay. fine. fine. It wasn't like, oh my god, what a revelation! Actually, yeah. in that film, for me, Eddie Redmayne was he, like, wow, okay, he, yeah. he's way better than I thought he would be. Hugh way Jackman, to go, Ginger Kerman. Hugh Jackman was a little too young. How yeah. my, to my and, to my eyes. and a little too slight. I feel like Valjean's usually are a bigger dude. Bigger dude. Yeah. yeah. How was Han- Anne Hathaway in that one? She was. Well, she, she was. Won the Oscar. She was. She was <laughs> really, 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 really quite good. Okay. Yeah. Like she really nailed it. She was. In terms of of, if they had taken that version and did it on stage, she was the best representation of the stage version of Fantine. I feel like in the film her part got bulked up. I mean, Fantine comes no, it's on, not that it was bulked up. dies in Act 1, and then doesn't the come only, back to the she's end. She's the only part that wasn't cut. Oh. Up. They okay. cut everything else. They cut Eponine's role to shreds. Yes, she's hardly did. in it. Yep. They cut a lot. It was okay. They cut over an hour of stuff. Then that's why it feels movie. like They didn't cut a second of, of Fantine's time. Um, that's why it feels like yeah. right. it was everything. Right, right. All right, now thoughts on Phantom? I mean, Phantom goes without saying. Isn't it like the longest-running musical on Broadway like yes. so ever. currently, currently, yeah, yeah not, not ever, but currently. Now, I've I'm never actually. I've ne- I will say, I've never actually seen the show or seen like any adaptation, but I've heard the soundtrack. I've listened to the soundtrack, and it is. I will I, say, the soundtrack is amazing. I've, I've heard the soundtrack. It is a great soundtrack. Eight million times in the Acton Boxborough Theater basement. <laughs> we had no choice. Because they played it over and over and over again, and everyone sang along with that one song, and I just... See, I, w- I worked tech, so I was always upstairs right. on the stage. See, the thing See, I was is... Down, we did this while we were, you know, downstairs getting makeup on and stuff. Nope, and I was upstairs. So you have a negative association with it because of that. Right. Yeah, because... It was overplayed. Between the two, I will take the soundtrack of Les Mis no. over oh, Phantom sure. any for day of the sure. week. We were, I was tech. We were either listening to Rush or Pink Floyd's The Wall. Okay, oh, that, that would make sense. To yeah. be fair, when Weber is clicking on Alice Saunders, he really brings it. Yeah. He's not Les Mis, though. It's uh, no. Lillian Schoenberg. Yeah. 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 But, no, 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 but I'm talking about Phantom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's hard to compare the two. Les Mis <clears throat> is an ensemble piece with numerous excellent roles. Right. 
Phantom is a two people. It's a two people. It's a three. No, it's a three person show. Yeah. Yeah, but the main focus is the fan. Right. It's, it's about the fan. It's a yeah. smaller, more intimate story. Right. 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 Now, you want to talk about bad movie musicals. This is also covered on with Diva on musical hell. Joel Schumacher. Oh, of course it was. Oh. I forgot about that. Oh, Again, don't with watch good it. Reason. Watch the Royal Albert Hall anniversary right. recording. Because that's got your boy in it. Ramin Karamloo. He is a Canadian. Toronto is the youngest man ever to play Jean Valjean when he was like... 30. He is amazing. 30. And he's, he's, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. See him as a phantom. He was one of the best phantoms I've ever right. seen. So, so what are we talking... Joel Schumacher what? Joel Schumacher directed the film version of... Uh, the Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera. Oh. Uh, with Gerard Butler as the phantom. Oh, good God. We, we all thought he could sing, and he can't. Um, Patrick Wilson is Raoul. Oh, jeez. No, but that's weird Whoa. casting. Patrick Wilson is a is very actually good a trained singer, Broadway singer. But right. he had a terrible wig on, and... He just wasn't feeling and well. And what was her name? Emmy Rossum. Uh, Emmy Rossum was was Christine, mm. and it was like her first big movie role. It's like she did Mystic River, where she was murdered, and then this one. <laughs> and who's, she's who's, uh, Joel Schumacher did the horrible Batman's, didn't he? He did yes. the bad Batman's. Yes. So who saw those and went, "Let's give him a musical"? It <laughs> because looked, he was an established pretty. director. You can forget about that because after that, he had done. Like the Grisham movies, he had done. You know, he had done he a time do, with uh, the yeah. Lion. He did the Lost Boys. That was that was a long, that long, was a long yeah. time ago. Admit it though, the film looked pretty. It, it lacked good editing. It oh lacked God. good acting. It lacked a competent crew and cast. <laughs> so he's like the Zack Snyder of musical theater. Oh. Oh. The, the worst thing about that movie is it, it, it also didn't make any money. <laughs> so. the, the whole point of Phantom. Is that he's thwarted in love because he's monstrously defigured. But when they unmask him in this movie, he looks like he's got a bad sunburn. Right. Oh, oh, like, oh damn you, Clearasil! He just has like part of his face is just really red and bumpy. But it's not like if you've ever seen photos of the stage production, he's like missing flesh and you can see his, you know, teeth through right. his cheekbones and it's yeah, yeah. It and was in a bad. movie, you could have done exactly. You could have done excellent movie makeup, and they were just well, like, no, "Let's make it look." Wasn't like there like an original, like silent movie of the Phantom? Or yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's based on it's yeah. based on a classic novel, and um, you know yeah. that was like one of the universal horror movies. Yeah, oh, that's I, right. yeah. I, I borrowed that, was... that from the Acton Library at one point. Yeah. Uh, that was Lon Chaney, was it? Lon Chaney, yeah, yes, yeah. it was Lon Chaney. Because you're talking about the makeup, and I'm like, didn't they do a movie in the 30s about, or yeah. the 20s and yeah. 30s? And, and all right, so the other one of the big, the massive London invasion shows, Cats. Um, my opinion of Cats is so beyond negative, I'm not going to say anything. Andy uh, has never seen Cats. I've never seen Cats, you but I don't like You need to put that out like there, the, you've never seen I've it. I've never seen it, but I've got two things going against me. I have heard the soundtrack, and I don't like the soundtrack, and I fucking hate T. T.S. Eliot. So, <laughs> <laughs> what is your problem with T.S. Eliot? As oh, don't get me started. With I just never <laughs> liked it. And as somebody who studied literature and writing in college, the professors are like, "You need to read more T.S. Eliot. You need to shut the fuck up right now." <laughs> but Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats is almost nothing like anything else. Elliot wrote. I understand ever. that, but that's like me and Keanu Reeves. I I know I understand that John Wick movies are probably awesome. I'm they not, are awesome. What is wrong this, with you? I'm gonna, never going to bring myself to watch them. <laughs> the, the closest the closest I ever came to Cats were the commercials that ran for about ten years. Oh my god! Oh my god! Everything, now and everything in the eighties was Cats, Cats, Cats. In the movie Jeff, where Patrick Stewart is dating a guy oh, that Jeffrey. says Cats. Jeffrey. Yes, yes, Jeffrey. Yes. 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 I remember that Sorry. movie. Yep. The closest was that character. show, Caroline yeah. in the City, where like. Her saucy friend was in Cats. Yes, yeah. yes. But yeah, yeah. It was like 
Yeah, when he does the, the moment to Cameron and, Je- and Jeffrey, because I've only seen the movie, and he's like, I'm in Cats, now and forever. And he's like, I'm in a Cats costume for the whole thing. Most of it, yeah. Right. That's I like, remember that, I remember that movie, movie, too, where he's movie. talking that's about... It's a good movie. It is, it's a very good movie. That, is, that's a, that, was a, that was an adaptation of a stage play. Correct. I, I believe that the term he used was, and I'm a little too um, happy for Les Mis. I mean, come on. This guy steals a <laughs> loaf of bread and it ruins his entire life? <laughs> toast <laughs> <laughs> yes that's great I forgot about that I part. must say in defense of cats that you're all looking at this from the perspective of 40 something people when I was an 11 year old girl oh, I'm cats sure. was oh, the first professional amazing. show I ever saw it was outstanding Damn when it. I was a teenager, I thought it was the greatest thing in the oh, world. Thank you. Yes. And your sister was a dancer, too, so I'm sure that she was... You can't fault the dancing in cats. No, I don't fault the dancing in cats. The dancing you know, in cats is like, quite well done. It called, yeah. it called me, you know. My, my sister's a dancer. I'll have to ask her what her opinion of cats is. I just remember, this was like one of those things, especially with the with the proscenium circus crowd. Oh, good God. You know, if they weren't wearing their phantom shirts with the whole mask because, you know, it... With the flower, with the, with the, with the, rose. With the, with the rose. rose. Oh my god! Um, you know, I there was. That, I had that on a keychain for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I had a snow Matt, globe. Matt, you I are. Did, you are all of that stuff. You are my, living every stereotype, I had my aren't you? Sweatshirt in high school. <laughs> I, you are. You are a walking stereotype oh, right now. Man. I totally was. He was, he was, he was a theater guy. <laughs> I totally was. Oh god! The I worked tech. I was that kid. Yeah. I wasn't on stage until senior year. Where. Uh, Millhouse and Bart going to the squishy bender. Oh, yeah. oh God, yeah. They shoot a spitball at the cats and send them off. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think you need to compare cats to what else was playing on Broadway in the early 80s. There was not a lot. No, there was. Well, 42nd, 42nd Street, I think, was... And that, oh, and at Jesus. the time, it was, <laughs> it was the most technologically advanced... Yes. Set yeah. anyone had ever seen. Yep. Yeah, back in the 80s, it was either Cats or 42nd months. Street. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because essentially what they were doing is they were just reviving old oh. music. Many of these shows you do have to judge in the context of the time and what was popular and what else was going on. I mean, Sweeney Todd was going on, Annie was going on, there wasn't... Sweeney uh, Todd. Amount of Compared to Sweeney there Cat was, seems there very There was some good stuff, but in terms of, <laughs> in terms of a, a spectacle, Cats yes. was like nothing else anyone had ever seen. The thing with Cats, too, I remember watching, yes, I paid movie money to see Jersey Girl. Um, oh, Jesus, oh, Andy. Uh, the Batfleck oh. actually referred to Cats as being the second worst thing to happen in New York City. The other thing being Jersey Girl. <laughs> um... So, yeah, no, those are the so big ones that Brian Boss wanted to talk wasn't, about. But. Wasn't Cass, like, the the one that put Andrew Lloyd Webber on the American map, the con- American country? Pretty conscious? much, yeah. Pretty uh, much for the, Amer- no, for the American Jesus audience. Superstar. Oh, yeah, that's, exactly that's what right. I was wasn't she, and Joseph was before that, too. Yeah. Right. But Cass is the one that really got him into the mainstream. Right. 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 Vita, yeah. The Vita was the before that, too. Cass made him all his money. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He made the kind of money that a man who looks like a troll gets instead of marry hot women. Didn't he marry like a supermodel or something? He, no, he married Sarah he married Brightman. Sarah Brightman. Oh. Who looked oh, like she was she was like the, the poster girl for heroin chic back in the eighties when the she 80s. was doing uh yeah. Phantom. Oh, do you remember how skinny she was? She was like all she head was. and like just like basic like lines. It wasn't until the nineties that she filled out. Yeah. Uh yeah. But she was in cats, that's where they met. That's right, she wasn't cats. I forget about that. Shocking. <laughs> I'm shocked. Um, uh, Boz also brings up, for shits and giggles, all the forbidden Broadway shows, which 
that would take too long. That's a, that would almost be an episode in and of itself. But for mm-hmm. Britain Broadway is probably the most clever takes on all of these shows. Like every Broadway musical that hits, you're not you haven't really made it until Forbidden Broadway spoofs you. Okay. In fact, okay. there are certain things that we hear whenever we hear Swan Lake. Or <laughs> anytime we hear Swan Lake, they had spoofed it when it came to New York, and it was essentially done all male. It was an all male dance cast, and they made them really, really sassy and bitchy. <laughs> So every time I hear da 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 da, it puts a curse on Odette's abs. <laughs> he sings this out loud too in front of our daughter. Yeah, <laughs> Autumn is not impressed. I'm a bad, I'm a bad human being. But yeah, no, Forbidden Broadway's fun. Um, definitely something you can just look up on Spotify. There's a lot of good. It's great fun, especially if you know or have recently seen something. There's. Have you ever seen them live? Forbidden Broadway? Yeah. Almost every incarnation. Really? Yes, okay, we've it. only seen them love it. once. I've only seen them once with you. I saw it once before you. They were in oh Boston for a long time. Yes. And they still pop up every couple of years in New York. He'll 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 update it and send it back out again. Yep. And it'll play for a year or so, and then he'll take it away. And then when new stuff comes out, he'll send it out again. Yeah. So. <laughs> and there's just some, there's some great stuff. I try stuff. and catch it whenever it comes out, because it's it's it's... Has not lost its edge over the years. Well, I mean, when I first met Autumn, I really had to kind of get the... I, I really had to accelerate my, my learning of Broadway musicals. Now, I, you know, keep in mind, I had been doing theater for a long, long time before I met Autumn, but really wasn't all that into it. When I met Autumn and... He was into theater! I was into the, Well... <laughs> he had to impress me. I had to impress her somehow. <laughs> so she introduced me to Forbidden Broadway and you started listening to those and it makes you want to see the real shows. Yes. Especially if you're not familiar with her. You're like, oh, I think I know that that song. So, um, all right. So Shannon uh, McCauley... God, that's her new last name now. She got married two years ago and it's still like weird. Shannon Hinckley. Oh, you never did shows with her? No. Okay, she would have been in Anything Goes or any of the other. I didn't do Anything Goes. You did not? No. Oh, okay. I, I, I was working in Maine that summer. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did so, not do Anything Goes. Shannon Hinckley is going to bring us to our first real stopping point. Not like everything else has been a stopping point already. <laughs> right. But she wants to talk about jukebox musicals. <clears throat> Mama Mia, Xanadu, The Who's Tommy, Moving Out, On Your Feet, Escape to Margaritaville, etc., who thought it was a good idea to do a Jimmy Buffett musical? Jimmy Buffett? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I will, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to tell you Jimmy that Jimmy... Buffett's well, let me, let me yeah. see, let me Jimmy, see Jimmy Buffett is an excellent, excellent human being. Uh, somebody I knew through Second Life actually was a big fan of his giant parrot head, and he was calling her while she was, you know, sick with cancer and stuff like that. So he's he's a... He's a decent guy that managed to make a living off of his beach music. No, that's, a, no, that's no problem. But... I mean, I can. I can understand. Not, no, I can understand like jukebox music. I can understand like the Who's Tommy. It's a concept album. Right. American Idiot. It's a concept album. It's a. It's an album that's got an overarching overarch, story the plot wall to it. The Wall. The concept album that people it's, listen to yeah. too much. Mamma Mia. Oh, I just, how do you get a musical out of one song? Operation Mindcrime. You know. Mm. Oh, I'm, oh, yeah. Anyway, so Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia is. I mean, I like the song. Don't get me wrong. I like. It's I like been running for like twenty years. Hmm? Oh my That's God. insane how long it's been running. Yeah. First of all, the music. It's the, not. The it's movie. closed on Broadway. It's not running in. Oh, Broadway oh okay. Anymore. The but movie sucks. Every regional <laughs> theater is doing it nowadays. 
So. Um, Pierce Brosnan must be a great singer. Oh, He's God. Great. Oh, my God. Oh, let's not get into the movie. Yeah. But Mamma Mia is, as Autumn put it, I, I should have just bought Abba Gold. <laughs> oh no! That's well. That's the thing. I mean, I like ABBA. I like right. I like the song. This, Jukebox, How do you make a musical out of Jukebox it? Jukebox musicals are a way for people to spend real Broadway money, which, by the way, ain't cheap. No. Would no. you like to know the plot of Mamma Mia? Are I, you not familiar? I, with it? I am. I am familiar with the plot of the musical slash movie. Okay. Right. That's really all you. Need I don't know how you get that from the song. It's like for people that want to go to a musical but don't want to be challenged by not knowing any of the songs beforehand. I, I suppose. I mean. Like I said, I can understand. Tommy. I know the music. I know the music. Yeah, I, 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 I have something that Tommy was a, comes a, with a built-in plot. Yeah. All right. right. When, yeah. When American Idiot comes, comes in with a built-in plot. You know what it is. Okay. Um, moving out. The Billy Joel musical. Again. <laughs> hey, look. Here's our <laughs> oh, you know, actually, you know what? I shouldn't say that because if you listen to any Billy Joel album, it's all a story about living, growing up in Queens or whatever. Hey, New our York main character. Is from. His name is Anthony. He works at a grocery store. He made his money, money for so someday. someday. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't I can't. even really call that a musical because the music is all just sung pretty much just by a Billy Joel cover band. It's a, it's a <laughs> yeah, I'm, unlike all these others where the characters in the, the show sing and act, think this is just a dance concert. All the music is done by what's essentially a Billy Joel oh cover my band. God, no! Has yeah. anybody watched the musical about the? Um, the, not, what's that other band, doo-wop band from the 50s? Oh, oh Jersey Boys. The Jersey yes. Boys. Oh. Yes, I've seen it. Is that uh, any good? Yes, it actually works because it's not, they didn't kind of write a crazy little plot okay. to fit into the music. It was, it's actually, the story about... It's, not, it's, it's the story of Frankie Valli. Okay. It's, it, it's, okay. it's more of a biopic. And it just happens the song. Using, right, right. using the music. Okay. Right. M- most of the songs are just done in the context of, okay, they're performing, here's the song that you remember. Right. Some of them are used to further the story, not a lot. Yeah. Um, same kind of thing with Million Dollar Quartet is another example of that. It, 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 it's more of a biopic telling something. Oh, God, I remember, I remember seeing at the Tonys. Those, those actually work. Right. The I, one, ones like the other ones we've been talking about where they yeah. just sort of, hey, we have we have this great library of music. Let's write a silly little story right. to try and weave it all together. We will rock it's not you by going Queen. To work at all. The, the funny you know. thing is, I'm, I'm going to pull out the history geek card here, is that before Oklahoma... That's what everything was. You'd have a composer, you'd have these hit composers in the 1920s who's like, I got 30 awesome songs! Very Let's true. put them all in a show! Yeah, exactly. And there was barely any plot they're, connecting They're them. still doing that with Gershwin music. Right, so this is oh, not actually... Right. This is not actually anything yep. new. This is what they did early in the 20th century right, before they started using plot well, like music s- to advance a real story. Right, but, that, yeah. but that's been the standard since Oklahoma. Right, I'm just saying this, I, yeah. this speaking, isn't anything new and lazy. Speaking of now, Gershwin, the first time I ever laid down money for a Broadway musical was crazy for you. There you go. And I was sold on, oh, it won the Tony for Best Musical. This now, should be good. Now, has anybody tried to adapt uh, 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 Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band? Well, no, they didn't in movie fo- in musical in, in, form, but they did in a movie with I the BG. Right. But, and that's... Dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, one that uh, Shannon did not mention here, but Ajana mentioned it earlier in terms of musicals that will age poorly in a few years. Rock of Ages. We have the rights to all of these songs. That's Which Rock of Ages. So much fun on Broadway, but you're right. In another ten years, it's going to be so. It's it, it, it's 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 it's. Geared to arts generation. But it was so much fun. Oh my god, was that that show? I hope fun. it was more fun than the movie. The, oh, the movie they rewrote again. They rewrote it completely. Yeah, completely rewrote the music. Uh, wrote it for the movie. I remember yeah. like 
When I auditioned for the Wedding Singer, I couldn't get the Wedding Singer soundtrack, so usually what I do is I go for the next best thing. Like when we did Grease in high school, I couldn't get the Grease soundtrack, so I get the Little Shop of Horrors soundtrack, so at least I have something to go with. Um, yeah, so I got Rock of Ages instead of Wedding Singer. Unfortunately, a week before my audition, the Wedding Singer soundtrack came in, so I could I could practice with that, but ugh. Ugh. It's good, but it's just... Broadway versions of of hit songs from the eighties. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't see. Uh, I'd rather hear a cover band do the hit songs of the eighties than a Broadway version of the hit songs of the eighties. In, in context, though, it works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. No. No. Yeah. In that, context, it works. Listening to it, I can understand. You'd be like, "How is they?" Well, yeah. Right? It, it's yeah. it's more. That's a play that I'd rather see. Then listen to the soundtrack. Of. The yes, problem is, absolutely. you have been in or seen too many musicals when you can listen to a soundtrack and know exactly how the end choreography is going to go. <laughs> and Don't Stop Believing is exactly how you picture it in your mind. <laughs> Otto has thoughts. Yeah. Um, uh, here we go. No, no, let's move on to the next one. All right. That's why she would rather not express. All right. <laughs> I don't know who may be listening to this. Oh, okay. Oh, believe me. A- right. Anybody that can understand your language will be able to Okay. So, Jamie Shea, who we've done shows with. Oh, uh, he's got, he, I think oh, you put the longest Oh, post. boy. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I can't wait to comment more, but to start, while Annie and the Cats got the ball rolling, the biggest musical in the last 50 years, in my opinion, is Disney's Beauty and the Beast. When I was in high school, Broadway was a sketchy place. All hookers and peep shows. Yes, it was. True. true. Beauty and the Beast yeah. was a game changer, production-wise and mindset-wise. Suddenly, Broadway was a family-friendly destination. There's still good theater, but you can bring a nanny and babysitter and have a night for the parents and a day, a day for the family. While the argument can be made for plays, musicals having more fluff, it opened the door to more people and has been uh, in the wind column. Last year, I chaperoned 100-plus middle schoolers to Broadway. We walked them through Times Square and went to the M&M store. What is with the M&M store? Everybody goes to the damn M&M store. It's four, it's four stories. Of M&M's. Of M&M's. Yeah. And also other, also other candy by that brand. Mars. They did feature that on an episode of Project Runway as the unconventional challenge. Oh, okay. Uh, and then they turned them loose for lunch just to get to the theater by three. Middle school. There's just no way you could have done that 20 years no. ago. Do you want a date? Um, yeah, but Beauty and the Beast was not the... So I thought it was Lion King. Was Lion King was a bigger? Beauty and the Beast was before that, I believe. Was Beauty and the Beast was ninety four. Ninety four. Uh, oh, Lion uh, King was ninety seven. Yeah. The gentrification of Broadway started in ninety three when Giuliani was elected yeah, to mayor. Yeah. When they actually yeah. cleaned the clean up, up happened. Times Square. It happened to coincide yeah. with the release of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Uh, Times Square was going to get cleaned up no matter what. Because I, re- I remember we went to the UN in nineteen ni- eighty nine or ninety. And we were, I remember we were in the bus driving through Times Square going, holy shit. We are yeah. not in Boston anymore, Toto. I, yeah, I, I was in, mid, in the mid-90s. I went with some friends who had all, like a boyfriend and, and a bunch of his friends, they'd all been in a, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum, so we went to see Nathan Lane in it. Oh. And, and, and walking through Times Square was scary oh, for yeah. little, little suburban me. I, yeah, I, I lived in New York back in like 93 and you just you didn't go there. Yeah. Unless you were going to a show you did not walk down 42nd Street. Or go to yeah, and, and now now yeah. it's like Main Street Disney. Interesting. It totally is. In a theory I just thought of 
if the gentrification didn't start in 93, do you think uh, Beauty and the Beast would have come out? No. No, I no, no. I don't think no. Disney would have agreed to put no. a property there. Right. Because, I mean, they put a lot into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, more so, I think, with Lion King. Lion King... Well, yeah, I mean, Lion King was more of a... Well, Beauty and spectacle. the Beast yeah. is a... Beauty and the Beast is what it is. The musical is what it is. It's just pretty much a reasonably faithful translation it's, of it's the movie. Quite faithful, yeah. Whereas the Lion King is this other thing. Well, you can't really do the Lion King fa- translation of the movie. But the puppets, the puppetry is yeah. really what makes that. Yeah. That I mean, we saw it in design, Boston. Yeah. The design is is amazing. It really is amazing. And while it's got some detractors, and it beat a far superior musical for best musical that year, honey. Uh, <laughs> We've got our thoughts on that, but yeah. <laughs> They're still fishing around in there. <laughs> She's trying to organize them. Actually, I'm having the Forbidden Broadway lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which lyrics you're thinking of. <laughs> so, shall we move on? We Join shall. Us. All right. Shall. So, uh, Jonna posted a gif of South Pacific. Um, a gif? A, a gif, I'm a sorry. G-I-F. GIF. All right. South Pacific, so incredibly relevant after all these years. I, I also pointed out that I uh, enjoy watching their number at the Macy's Parade because I always try to spot the uh, passing for straight sailors. <laughs> That's the wild There's deck always boys. two. There's always <laughs> two. Um, I really, South Pacific is a weird one for me. I mean, it, it's still relevant because the whole point of it. I mean, when it was. When they wrote it, it was released in 1949, so the, the war was still fresh. Yeah. It takes place during World War II. But it was really, and it's based on a James Missioner novel called Tales of the South Pacific. Okay. And uh, it was basically their commentary on racial prejudice. Right. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Right, because you couldn't come out and say it right back exactly. in 49, yeah, yeah, so you had to kind of gloss I mean, it over. The, the, and... the, the main character is this nurse on the, the Navy base. She falls in love with this Frenchman who, who runs a, a, plant, a, sh- a plantation of some sort on the island. Um, and he had been married to a local woman and he had a couple of kids. And this this nurse who he's seeing you know, c- came from Southern Bible Belt uh, and she's having trouble accepting the fact that he has mixed race children because that's not something you do. And then the secondary plot is this Marine lieutenant has fallen in love with a local girl and... He's worried what his mainline Philadelphia family will think if he brings home this, you know, yeah. island girl. But it's a moot point because he doesn't make it home. <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> Sorry, it's an eighty-year-old musical. <laughs> I saw it. I actually saw it in World War Two. I saw yeah. it for the first time two months ago. Really? I've never seen it before. Well, mother- I've seen. I've, I will say I've seen the movie. My mom went through a musical phase, and that was one of the ones we saw. <laughs> was the movie version of yeah. South Pacific. I haven't seen that. I, I was surprised at what a large percentage of the score I knew. Yeah. I think yeah. I knew like I think 90% it's Richard Rodgers' best work in but, terms of just the score. It's yeah. so lush. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, the I remember working at Suncoast because we had that little you know wall of musical movies. Oh, and like, another Suncoast story. Yeah, brace yourselves, everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I just we'll remember forty four minutes. Check your yeah. Out. I remember. Um, I remember a woman asking for it very distinctly. Do you have South Pacific? Yeah, I have it right here. And she starts singing Bally High, and other than the words Bally High, is getting all the lyrics wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember, this is not real, I remember in high school, like getting ready for district chorus something, and 
they had you do, like, you're going to be tested on can you do a third or a fifth, and my music teacher said, if they ask you to do a diminished seventh, just remember it's bally high without the Lee in the middle. And I could still remember that <laughs> 20-something years later that if you need to remember the chord of a diminished seventh, it's, it's bad. <laughs> so there's your, there's your musical tidbit. Okay, exactly. <laughs> Music theory 101. The more you know. <laughs> All right, Alan Mackey brings up Star Mites. I am not Why? familiar with this. That sounds like um, a decent right. villain. I've never so heard of it. Does. I know of it. All right, so Alan writes, because I asked him to enlighten me. <laughs> Starmites was a small show that debuted off-Broadway in 1987. It moved to Broadway in 1989, where it enjoyed a run of 60 performances and 35 previews. It was nominated for six Tonys and won none. Further, it is a du- another dubious distinction. It was a Tony-nominated musical that failed to release a musical soundtrack until 10 years after the show had closed. So I'm thinking it hasn't had a revival since? Uh, yeah, no. (laughs) I've heard of it, but that's it. I was very tempted to see if I could find the soundtrack for this. And? And honestly, if I I didn't have time, I got this out yesterday, then I started to go, I went to work. Um, if I can find a drop, I will drop it here. I don't know if that actually is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All I'll say is it sucks. <laughs> Insert music here. Oh, God. Yeah. There's all these, like, Broadway, like, these fringe bro- things that got nominated for shitloads of Tonys, and then no one ever hears them again. Have you ever heard of the musical Rex? No. Oh, my God! I just remembered. Is it Rex? Is it R-E-X? R-E-X. R-E-X. All right. Can I tell my story before you actually describe what it is? Okay. All right. So, back when when Borders Books was still around, Autumn and I, back before we got married and before we had a mortgage and, expen- you know, we, back when we had expendable cash, this was the CD that she would always go to, like, I'm going to buy it this time. No, 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 I'm going to hold off. We'd go back, like, a week later, I'm going to buy it, oh, I'm going to hold it off. Honey, do you want to tell them what Rex is? Rex is a musical version of the uh, life of King Henry VIII. Oh, good God. Starring the only person to come out of it who's still relevant, Glenn Close, as Princess Mary. Not her best singing. (laughs) I mean, she must have been young. This was like, this was like somewhere in the 60s, I think. Late 60s, early 70s. Barnum. Yes. Um, Now, who was, who was uh, Henry VIII? Was it Nicole Williams? Yes. Who you people will know as, um, as Merlin in Excalibur. Oh, good God. Or better better yet known as Uther. Uther. It's interesting because the soundtrack, it's got some good stuff. It did seem like it was trying to ride on the coattails of Camelot in the same style. Like, we have the king and the court and the ladies, but we're going to be historically accurate. And and then it just kind of like, you know, you've got 
the Catherine and Anne Boleyn and all this drama, and then it just kind of like fizzles away, and it, then it just ends with Elizabeth being crowned and skipping over like four wives. Twenty no, like twenty years of history. Oh, okay, and the schism. Yeah. So Wait, when I finally got, yeah, let's get the whole Catholic schism thing. I finally listened to the soundtrack, and it was like, oh. So, okay. So what song do they play when Mary the Queen of Scots is killed? They didn't make it that far. No, uh, that's not, that's during the Elizabethan portion. Yeah. All right. So that would have oh, been a rock okay. music though. Prepare to park for a little bit. Uh, John Saul says, "I think you need to do Rent." Now I'm a grumpy guy, uh, Gus, who likes it less than others, but it had a large impact on how shows were done after that. Um, I'm just gonna go over some of the the comments first before we talk about Rent. I actually, you know, the funny thing is, when John wrote this, Autumn and I had had a long conversation about Rent prior, which we'll probably reenact for you now. Um, <laughs> Jamie Shea says, you can't do Rent without doing hair. Both shows define their generation. Bullshit! Well, no, they, they do, but not in the way I think people want to glamorize. Um, John's part of the Rent generation, prefers hair, and Mike personally prefers insert musical with a single word title. God damn it, Mike. They're talking about rent. They're talking about hair. They're talking about cats. Yeah. It's like, you know, okay, you know, musicals aren't allowed to have multiple words in their title, right? Who wants to start with rent? Never seen it. I don't know. No, no. The way I view rent is like, it's it's like Gen X virtue, sig- virtue signaling. You know, like, like yeah, every, I'm a very progressive, you guys know I'm a very progressive guy. I'm very yes. liberal. But it's one of those things where you, if you want to wear it on your sleeve, you say, "I saw rent and it moved me," and I'm, I'm like super liberal now. I'm like, "Shut up, go yeah. away." The closest I've ever seen come to seeing rent is watching uh, Team America. Oh yeah, everyone has AIDS. AIDS, 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 AIDS. AIDS. <laughs> Matt, you're the guest. Uh, you get to go first. I, I, I think you and I are on the same page about it. And some of the songs, are, I listened to it before I ever saw it. Jo- yeah, and Jonathan Larson is, for some, not all, I don't think he's the genius everybody makes him out no, to be, no. but there are some very good songs in there, Rent that there can are. be and, removed. And a lot of the hype about Rent came from the fact that he died like right before it became a big thing. Yes. From, from AIDS? No, 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 it was no. like pneumonia or something. <laughs> no, yeah, he had was, a. I think it was an aneurysm. It yeah, was he, very it was sudden. Something very sudden. Yeah, uh, and it was it was literally like the day before opening night or something like that or it's something. Like yeah. it was something like that. Something yeah. like that. Um, and it's some of the music is is good, and some of it is just kind of eh. Yeah, and it's it's the, the plot is basically La Boheme. Mm. If you've never seen it, the plot is the same. Right. Just took La Boheme and and made it modern day. And by modern day, let's modern just... day for the time. Okay, we learned again <laughs> through one of the. I think this might have been Lindsay Ellis. It does not take place in two thousand five when the when the movie when the movie sorry the musical was released. It takes place six years earlier 95. in eighty nine. Okay, the musical came out in ninety five. Ninety five. Ninety five. It came out in ninety five. The, the it's set in eighty nine. Not that you'd fucking know. The okay. movie is set in eighty nine. I still think that uh, you the still musical think it, okay. was supposed to be contemporary to when it came out. Okay. Okay. No, because mm, when did the movie come out? Uh, two thousand four. 
2005. But a lot of the concerns in the movie was 80s concerns. Like, the AIDS crisis was very much an 80s concern. Yeah. Right. And a lot of the movie... Uh, and I'm going off of what I can... From the movie, I can look and see what it... When did they come out... I want to know exactly when the Rent movie... 2005. 2005 came out, yeah. When did they come out with the drugs? Because they make a big point of the fact that they're both taking the, the drug AZT. Okay. I don't think that came, was out AZT, in 89. Right. No, it came out... I, I think it came out in All right. That's like 90s. in the libretto. So if that drug was not available in 1988 or 1889... Right. Here's then... the thing about Rent. It, it's fine. It's okay. It's fine. But there's this whole subculture of these, we'll call them Rent Heads, rent heads yeah. <laughs> who think it is the greatest thing that has ever happened in the history of everything ever. And if you dare not think that, you don't know anything about anything. Right. I, re- I remember seeing a, a touring production of it somewhere. Came and out in 1986, AZT. Okay. Oh, go. okay. Was it affordable enough for strippers to buy? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a, 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 another movie that they did, a guy that was going around, and that was something where uh, Jared Leto came back to movies? Where yeah, uh, Texas Buyers Club. Yeah. I'm sorry, we interrupted oh, right. yeah. that. <laughs> Again. Oh, that's quite all right. Um, and I'm sitting, I'm sitting between these, these redheads, and... And the show's happening, and some some of the some of them, the performers again. It was a non-equity touring company, yeah. and, some, and some of them were fine, some of them were good, and some of them were terrible. And these people around me, I'm sitting between two redheads who are losing their <laughs> minds just because it's rent. Like the the Mimi's out there singing out tonight, and she was terrible. Like she was just god awful. She couldn't sing. She couldn't act. She couldn't dance. She was a true triple threat. She couldn't. <laughs> but God and, forbid, God forbid, you said and, something bad about it. And and these two people on either side of me, who were both good friends of mine, were sc- screaming just because it was rent. Oh God! And I'm just like, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? She's <laughs> terrible. Oh, oh, this this show. This show. Um, There are some truly horrific human beings as protagonists in this show. I listened to a podcast the other day. The Crack Podcast talked about um, villains from movies that are now considered the heroes. I found the the entire cast insufferable. Benny. Benny is a hero. Benny gives his friends... This amazing studio apartment, rent free for a full year. That's like what eight hundred thousand dollars in New York City. In New York City, pre-gentrification. Even though this came out in 05, no New York control. City had already become gentrified by that point. Well, the movie, so, yeah. It, well, the movie, yeah. Well, in two, oh, no, no, sorry, not in 2005, 95. I keep doing that. Yeah. Uh, 95 had already become slightly gentrified. That so yeah. yeah, exactly. Not so, but. Betty's the bad guy because after a year of giving them this eight hundred, almost a million dollars, almost a million dollars in free rent, now he needs some rent. Yeah, he's and also a bad guy because he left the clique. He got married. He's working in his own company. He sold out. He sold, sold out. out to the yeah. man. Yeah, he's not. He's not. I'm going to make my living being home movie dad guy. Oh my god! And that's that's that about- home movie guy. I'm like, what? Is, what? Oh, yeah, Mark. Is it? Yes. Yeah, Mark. Mark is the one that, like, had, 
gets a job, but he doesn't find it fulfilling enough because he wants to like shoot homeless people, which and pisses off the homeless, homeless people. people. Yeah, in, in, again, in the libretto, they homeless yell at him. people with his video camera, not yeah. shoot homeless people. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, you know, sorry. You know, I just you know what, what it is? Was... You know, you know what the the characters of Rent are is every worst stereotype people had of Gen Xers. Yes, exactly. Everything, yep. everything bad people thought about our generation is embodied in the Rent characters. Absolutely. But then and the things we say about millennials. <laughs> Alright, and Mimi is supposed to be the sad sack you're supposed to feel bad for her. But Autumn, what did you say to me? Okay, so in the scene, Would You Light My Candle, we have Roger, who is a recovered drug addict. And in comes this woman who he's never met before, who's pushing drugs on him, uh, trying to get him to sleep with her, knowing she's got AIDS... And when he says, no, I can't do this, please leave, he's the bad guy. Like, he agrees to stay. Yeah. No, I'm not going to take that heroin again. No, I'm not going to sleep with you. Also, he has AIDS, too, but she doesn't know that. So he's, because, being, because he's, he's being a responsible adult, saying no to the drugs, saying no to the casual sex. And we're supposed to feel bad for Mimi because he was, like, really mean and rejected her. Right, and yeah, all again. his friends turn against against him. Yeah. They turn against Roger yeah. because poor Mimi's out in the cold. Yeah, that, that's... Her, because she, she's the one who's got her feelings hurt. Yeah, yeah this, this so, is... You're reminding me why I hated the show. is because <laughs> all the characters that made sense and were doing intelligent things are the bad guys. Yeah, Roger's yeah. just trying to get his life back on track after, you know, his girlfriend's committed suicide and everything's gone wrong. He's trying to make smart decisions... And he's vilified. Yep. Them. And then yeah. there's Angel, who everybody loves. Every Angel is supposed to be everyone's favorite. He's a dog murderer. Yeah. He's a dog hitman. Yep. The whole his whole entire introduction song is singing this sassy song about how I I drummed until this woman's dog leapt out the window for cash. Yeah. And can we talk about how when they made the movie? 12 years later. It's like, we're going to use most of the original cast. Yeah. Oh my God, with the exception of Rosario Dawson. With the exception of Rosario Dawson. Now, meanwhile, the cast is now all in their mid-30s. Yeah. In the late-30s. And it shows. They've, they've actually grown up. <laughs> I also want to point out, too. Here, here's the thing, though. It, that... It, Rent did make stars out of some very talented people who we probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Adina Menzel. It gave us Adina Menzel. It, it made Adam Pascal somewhat of a star. Right. Anthony Rapp. I mean, Tay Diggs to an extent. Too, yeah. You know, so people we otherwise probably never would have heard of were no, that, brought that, into the... Talented people were brought into the main... That's an excellent Jesse point. L. Martin booked Law & Order probably. Jesse L. Martin. Exactly. There, yeah. go. there we go. I love Jesse L. Yeah. Martin. Yeah. Um, the other have Flash without Rent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God, that's right. The other problem, though, with the movie of Rent was that it was directed by Christopher... I directed the first two Home Alones, Columbus. <laughs> was that Harry Potter? It was yeah. directed by Christopher Columbus and was rated PG-13. This is a hard... No, Donner was Goonies. Yeah. No, Christopher Columbus directed Goonies. No, no, no Richard, Don- Richard Donner directed Goonies. Christopher Columbus directed um, Adventures in Babysitting. I was pretty sure Christopher Columbus did something with Goonies. He might have been the screenwriter. Can someone look it up? Because I watched Goonies 500 times when I was a kid. I've never seen Christopher Columbus. He's already on it. Richard Donner directed it. Okay. Yeah, no, but he might have been Is there a Donner cut of the the Goonies? (laughs) (laughs) If there is... Special effects. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But even still, it's way better than the one you saw. Man, you could see this movie. The Christopher Columbus version. I wish there was a Richard Donner version of Rent. Right, I'm also going to put Rent in perspective of the time period again. Okay, mid-90s. The economy was going pretty good. Yeah. The the internet was taking off. Dot-coms were happening. 
idealistic young Generation X people could think that they could do things like major in theater and um, get jobs where they had artistic things going on. This was all before the big crashes. So now you look that at it... That turned us into the cynical bastards we are now. I'm just saying that at the time period, looking at these kids and being like, I don't want to sell out, it's like they were in an environment where that was much more supported than now. Oh. Where it would be like, oh, you're a flick You want to do Get what? a job. You could do that on your own time. Learn, learn from my mistakes. He wrote the Speaking Goonies as the dumbass who did attempts to make theater his profession. Yeah, no, you, know. you actually are a card-carrying professional theater person. <laughs> not, only, not only did he write uh, the Goonies, he also wrote Gremlins. That's true, he, he did. That, yeah. Oh, what happened to him? Um, he directed Pixels. Oh, that'll do oh, it. Yeah. Well, we weren't thrilled with his uh, Harry Potter either. No, we hey. weren't. Speak for yourself. They're the first two Harry Potters. Nobody considers them to be the better Harry Potters. Well, no, they're not. Job, I enjoyed really. them. Got, I got them. Got like, anyways. I think that 30 years from now we will look back on Rent the way we look at hair as a product of its time. Right. And yeah, well, hair does sure. not age well. Right, well, like... Oh, hair age horribly. Just like you can't update hair to take place in the 80s, I don't think Rent right. is going to be able to be brought into the 20. 20- 20s or 2030s, it's going to have to stay set when it yeah, came out. Right. Yeah, it's... Okay, yeah, so... Well, somebody won't try. <laughs> oh, yeah, they will. So, shall we move on? I, oh, shall. I, I, just, I just can't believe that someone like looked at Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone and the Chamber of Secrets like, yeah, he can direct Rent. Yep. I will, I will direct anybody that does not like Rent and hasn't heard what the kind of Rent they wanted to hear. Go find David Rakoff's rant about rent on This American Life. They did oh. on, the, on the episode, our friend David. And it is so spot on. I listen to that and I'm like, this, this is why I hated rent. <laughs> I want someone to write a spinoff musical about the poor bastard waiter who has to wait on all those jerks every oh my night God. when they go in and they jump on the table and they sing their songs <laughs> and they refuse to order any food or they order it and they don't pay them. Right, exactly. Yeah, run off no, and no one no, pays the bill. Wait, who and, paid that bill? It was Joanne. Joanne, she's the one with any money. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he worked, and that guy works in the restaurant to pay the rent while he's working on his theater career. Yep. Right. God damn, I hate that. God damn, I hate my generation. All right. So next, all right, can we move on? Yes. So next up, Jamie Shea brings up, I think there's this one about Hamilton. I heard something about it. I was, at our full admission, I was fully predisposed to hate Hamilton based on the, the exposure. The zeitgeist, exactly. Yeah, you are that kind of yeah. I, I am. I listened to the soundtrack. I gotta say, I fucking love it. Matt, what are your thoughts on Hamilton? I haven't seen it. I've listened to it a couple of times. It's fine. I probably won't know more until I see it. But I, I can't really judge because I haven't right. seen it. And I don't like to judge something just by listening to the... Right. I will say that we saw the thing on PBS, which was kind of like a Lin-Manuel Miranda was talking about the various scenes. And then they would show you a full scene from the musical. And there's some amazing stuff going on yeah. there. Just in terms of staging, the dancing, um, the world turns upside down they used on the Tonys. Yeah. It's it's really well done. Yeah. It's really well done. I didn't think it was going to work. I, You know, because I'm not, I was not a big fan of In the Heights, but it, Hamilton is just, it's an amazing thing and it just showcases how much talent this guy has. My favorite part is Aaron, when Aaron Burr does his uh, David Bowie impersonation, sings Shiny. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was the same way. I was predisposed to not like Hamilton because everybody kept talking about it. Even though it's my kind of thing, I like history musicals. Yeah. But I don't... 
I admit it, hip hop is just not my it's yeah. not my thing. Not so I was like, I don't think I'm gonna like this. I avoided listening to it and then, then everybody like lost their shit over it. I'm like, okay, now I'm not gonna listen to it because Everybody's listening Everybody's yeah. listening to it. And I finally listened to it and I was like, Okay. Pretty good. And then my book club assigned the book it's based off of to uh, turn off the, the act, biography of Alexander right. Hamilton. I didn't make it all the way through, I made it like two thirds of the way through. Then I went back and listened to the soundtrack again and I was like Miranda is actually a legit genius that he could take oh, this book yeah. and he well, could he could pull out what you needed and he could get the essence of this book into a medium that's completely different from the original source material and still make it work and make it a popular I'm, I'm sure well, the, the once more... I see it, I'll, my opinion will change from yeah. casual indifference to Andy's opinion. Yeah. His, his music know, from Moana oh is stellar. Yeah. The music he did from Moana is But Moana is the best Disney yeah. song score ever, yeah. in my opinion. I would, I, I would have to agree with you, because, oh my god, it's so good. Isn't, isn't him coming in Boston this, yes. this yes. year? Yes. Yeah, and if you've got, got like $400. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. My, my mother yeah, and sister have is... tickets, I do not. No. Yeah, Joe, <laughs> my, my husband is still not, not we've, we've not really done it, we've not listened to the music, and part of it is the fact that it is just so overpriced, and it's not attainable to an average person to see something like this. That is a problem because yeah. you know if you if you want your message to be heard, you make it so people can get to it. Right. I want to see. It. I just I, and yeah, but the, which is, the, the which close, is kind of an close. interesting dichotomy because it's it's supposedly so, such a progressive show. Right. Well, yeah. in New York, they did have accessible. They would have lotteries. They had a lot of lotteries. They had a lot of like outreach. There were a lot of school children who right. were brought to see it. Yeah. But you got to get yourself to New York. Right. Yeah. And right. but the and. Yeah, the closest I've come to Hamilton, frankly, is seeing Lin Manuel Miranda on Drunk History. Yes, Hamilton. <laughs> that was fun. And he, he did some music for for The Force Awakens. So yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the um, cantina scene. Oh, part of part of the soundtrack though with Hamilton, which is really kind of nice though, is that because this is a lot like Les Mis, you are listening to the entire show. On the soundtrack, there's very little. I think there is very little actual dialogue. traded dialogue that's not done within a song. Mm-hmm. So it just goes from one song to another to another. I hope so because that's got a really long musical. Otherwise, it is. It's, a, it's a long. The show. soundtrack it is an eternity. It is you can't listen to it in one sitting. <laughs> it took me like three months to get to the second act. I kept just re-listening to the first act. But it is. I mean, it's the music alone is is worth it. Definitely, you know. Oh yeah, I've heard, I've heard it before. And I yeah, know. I just I love. There's so many good songs in that. Um, it's it's kind of a shame too that there's some explicit stuff in there because I'd love to put that on like Scarlet's Broadway list mm-hmm. just so we can have a chance to listen to a couple of like tidbits. I'm waiting for it to become slightly less mainstream so I can start doing You'll Be Back for audition pieces. <laughs> I was going to say, that's on my... That song is that, that is That has actually been added to my bucket list if they ever do uh, cross-gender versions of Hamilton. Uh, yeah. I want to be King George. Yeah. I actually learned how to play it on guitar. Oh, really? So, yeah. It, that's a fun song. That's a, that's a, a really great, fun that's song. That's a great song. It is a great song. Yeah, if I ever audition for a show again, that really is in my... 
That could yeah. be in my wheelhouse. That's a fun song. All right, moving on. Lisa Denoncor Krauss brings up Chicago, to which I had to ask if this was the. I was. I assumed she was referring to the super sexy jazz jazz ends. revival from the nineties, and not the original version where the two walking packs of Virginia Slims were the leads. You mean Gwen Verdon? Gwen Verdon and uh, Cheetah Rivera. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, two walking packs of Virginia Slims. <laughs> um. Yeah, she asked if that was the Bebe Newworth and uh, one. Yes, the '90s were an interesting. Autumn and I have had this conversation number a number of times that the '90s were an incredible time for revivals. Yes, they really they were. were. Oh, yes. I mean, you think about the how many great original musicals came out in the '90s. Not a whole lot, mm. you know, not a dearth. But the revivals, Guys and Dolls. To me, the revival of Guys and Dolls from the '90s is the definitive. Well, I mean, Guys and Dolls. In a way, it mirrored the revival of New York and Times Square. Very, very great so. Point. Yes. You know, as New York was coming back, okay, well, we can't have all these new shows. Let's bring back all the the old glory of Broadway. But these revivals, though, are better. I th- in a lot of cases, oh, yeah. are better yeah, than you, the original. Yeah, you got to bring it for a new audience, but you got to bring names that maybe old audiences remember that can bring new audiences right. and like. Like I said, you know, like you said, Chicago. In some cases, it's not even just that, the that actors. That Chicago revival is still running on Broadway. It's the tempo and, and cabaret, the revival of cabaret. Totally different from the original. Right. Yeah. yeah. But and you, a million times better. Musically, if you listen to the 1992 recording of Guys and Dolls and you listen to the original cast recording, it's like, it's so slow. <laughs> they, they, they would take these scores and they would they were probably trying to shave an hour off the runtime, but they like everything is right. almost yep. double time and it's so much better. We used yep. to have Sirius Satellite Radio and there was this, you know, the Broadway's best. Yeah. And every once in a while Channel 72. <laughs> 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 I may or may not have been listening to it on the way here. <laughs> They, they would every once in a while play something from either the movie Guys and Dolls or the original cast recording. And this was Autumn listening like <laughs> up the tempo, pick up the tempo, <laughs> yelling from the director's chair in the fifth row. Pick up, up, come on! They do. They sing it like when you see a guy. <laughs> and then in the, uh, in the pastor's side, you could bet that they're doing it for some God. <laughs> I wasn't that violent. There no, was, but you were you were pretty like upset. It really vexed you. Oh my there God, was, you're like George Lucas, faster, more intense, yes, faster, more intense, faster, more intense. <laughs> There was a the, the first revival of that was I don't it was either the late sixties or early seventies they did an all black revival. Oh my god! It was more of like a gut with Robert Guillaume as Nathan mm, Really? Yes, and that's the first soundtrack to Guys and Dolls I ever heard was this revival. Oh. And it was it was much more of a gospely, yeah, jazzy right. feel. It really worked. I'd like to yeah. listen to that. That sounds great. That would be interesting. Yeah, again, this was part of my mother's musical phase. We did see the Marlon Brando version. Oh god, oh, that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's fine. They just should have cast them the other way. The, the funny thing about Guys and Dolls is I've seen it done twice, two different productions in the West End in London, and they do Americans better than we do ourselves. Oh yeah. my god! I got yeah. We saw <laughs> Ewan McGregor and J- Jane Krakowski. They were eh. The they people were, I yeah. saw in '97 at the National Theater were. Wait, Jane Krakowski. They were amazing. Amazing. No. I mean, their production of Oklahoma with Hugh Jackman. Yes. Oh yeah. The best things ever. It's like they take our classic American musicals and do them way better than. We yeah. ever did. 
and then and then we copy that's, their versions that, of the. Yes, that's that's really why they successful. cast British actors for American roles. <laughs> I, I want to see the version of uh, Guys and Dolls with Mark Hamill. Love tonight. Do it with Yoda while you grab your guest soda. Yoda McGregor was actually pretty good. I was okay. Jane Krakowski was not memorable at all. Yeah. Well, you know what? She's on uh, Kimmy Schmidt, so all is forgiven. Okay. She also said me want food once on on Thirty Rock, and that was awesome. Okay. Okay. All right, uh, Jana brings up the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee as a favorite of mine because of the audience participation. When I when Autumn and I went to go see it, and by the way, we saw a really, really shitty version of it. <laughs> I got cow. We were like one of 20 people in the audience. Oh, too. it was done in somebody's basement. It was <laughs> bad. Yeah. It was in a gunkwit main, which usually has pretty good summer. Uh, a little off. theater up in the gunkwit? Yes. I know what you are. I've been there. <laughs> It was like in the, the basement playhouse. No, 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 no. The basement. The basement. No, I know the part-time movie theater, 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 part-time playhouse. Shows this was the basement really of a good. motel. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, it, it, was, it was awful. Creepy. And the problem with it is, is that Putnam County uh, spelling bee is supposed to be this fun, kind of light with some, you know, some heavier moments thing. This cast decided that they were going to do it pure drama. Oh, God. Everything was, ooh. Oh, and we brought Andy's sister. And I was oh like, my you're going to love this. It's so funny. It's so funny. And she's sitting here like, like she's never going to trust me again. Yeah. My sister hates musicals. <laughs> like, it's not really music. It's funny. And it just was not yeah. production. But at the show, I, I like this one. This yeah, this, it's a fun show. When I, hey, when I got audience participation, I got cow. Cow. <laughs> Spell cow. Use it in a, in a word. Hey, use it in a sentence. It's a cow. It's a cow. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a definition? It's a cow. <laughs> so I have to tell my story about this composer. I don't remember what year it was. I think it was 91. I was watching the Tony Awards, and um, the year Falsettos was up. Was that 91? Ish. So I'm sitting here watching it, my little theater geek self, and my mom's looking over my shoulder while she's doing the dishes. And all of a sudden, so William Finn gets up there and accepts his award. And my mom goes, oh, my God, that's Billy. And I was like, yeah, he says his name's William. She's like, I was in high school with him. I was in drama club with him. <laughs> and I'm like, he just got a tone. And this was, you know, right. almost 30 years ago. And, and now I'm like, oh, he's written this and he's written this and he's written this. And she's getting out of your book and she's showing me him with his big <laughs> 60s hair that he had and now he doesn't have any hair. So uh, that, that's my, my fun story is that my mom was in drama club with the composer and <laughs> I was in Spelling Bee and New Brain. I think it's kind of cool. cool. Do you do New Brain? Yes. I, I've, I have the recording. I've listened to it. I've never seen it. I don't think anyone's ever seen it. I'm fairly <laughs> certain it's always been I, unviewed by human I eyes. I have a friend who actually just did it. Oh, okay. Somewhere in the Midwest. I used to use Sailing as an audition piece. Oh, okay. Very briefly, yeah. but still. All right, so Jonah also brings up Book of Mormon. Hello. <laughs> All right, so a couple of years ago, Autumn and I, for Christmas, my mother gave us tickets to go see Book of Mormon in Boston, which is great. It is a hot ticket. It's a very expensive show. Yeah. It was Hamilton before Hamilton. Two yeah. days later, on Christmas, Autumn's sister gives us a gift. <laughs> Book of Mormon, a week later. 
So we saw the Book of Mormon twice within the span of seven days. And it was just as good both times. Oh my god. I love this show. I wish that there were more subversive musicals like this. There was so much What fun. do you expect from the creators of South Park? Yeah, really. Well, who knew that and they were actually going to come up with a Tony Award winning musical? I mean, this is a legit musical. This isn't just a spoof. This yeah, is yeah. every convention flipped on its ear. Right. Um, I mean, the, it opens up. You get your, your, your traditional Broadway stuff. You've got your hello, uh, I believe. <laughs> I wish. That's They're going to have to change song. the lyrics because that guy just died. Yeah, I know. John, I mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> I believe. What, what what year was it that the uh, church changed? Seventy eight. And then in nineteen seventy eight, the church changed its mind about black people. Black people. <laughs> um, Hasadiga Ibowai, which up until yesterday was the working title for the show. Um, oh god, so many great. I remember Jim saw it, like in between us seeing it. It's it's a funny show because you laugh and you feel guilty. About what you're laughing at. Oh, God. Which is South Park. Yeah. Yes, 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 South Park. But in South Park, you're watching it in the privacy of your own home. You're right. not in a theater of 2,000 people. So it's like there's, like, yeah. there's yeah. laughter with 2,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's the butcher. He has AIDS. Here's the teacher. She has AIDS. <laughs> well, the whole, so he was saying the whole song, Hasadiga Ibowai, which translates to fuck you, God. Yeah. But they so turn it into. But they, it's a jaunty song. Yeah. They turn it into under the sea practically. Yes. So you're you're listening and you're like, I can't believe I'm laughing at this. <laughs> Raise We're your finger about... to the sky, Hasadiga Ibowai. Okay. This is the, these are the people who did a whole episode about the Book of Mor- about Mormons and said, dum 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 dum. Joseph has had some ideas. Dum 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 dum. All the townspeople believed him. Dum 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 dum. Uh, but the thing is, if you've never seen it, it sounds like it's being horribly disrespectful to Mormons and some it's stuff it is. Not. It's actually not, because at the end, kind of the moral of the story is, it doesn't really matter what you what religion or belief you have, even if it does, it's like logically totally right. stupid, it doesn't make sense, but as long as it makes you a better person in right. some way and gives you something to strive well, for, well, it's well, okay. That's the thing, but that was the thing, that was the thing about, that was the whole... That was the moral of that the, episode. That episode yeah. was the the father of the family is like, what does it matter? I believe in my 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 son is happy, my family's yeah. happy. They're growing up and to we be treat good people, you nice, and we're treating right. you nice. Why? What right. does it matter? Yep. Um, Except for Scientology, they they crap on Scientology. Oh my god! Oh yeah, all the time. But then again, they had that whole thing. This is what they really believe, and it was like Lord Zenu. And- yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways. Alright, so uh, what else do we have here? Well, okay. John Saul. Spider-Man, turn off the dark. I was the waiting shit for some, storm. I was waiting for it became in the this. fixes they tried. I read a book. Have you read this book? No. Okay, you need to find this book, man. <laughs> There's a book that is all about concept to closing. Ugh. Of Spider-Man, turn off the it's dark. A, what is this? Sort of like the visual dictionary they do? For no, it's not a visual dictionary at all. No, it is a, we had this great idea. We're going to make a movie about Spider-Man. We get Julie Taymor, director of The Lion King, and all her great visual concepts. She's going to do this great job. We got Bono and The Edge to write the music. Right. How could we fail? Fail, fail, <laughs> fail, fail, fail. And this is how we fail. Did. Oh, my God. Even Sesame Street spoofed that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. I remember. It's our spider. Was it? 
Is Sp- is... Grove was it Grove was it? Sp- oh yeah, no, it's like Super Grover's in Spider-Man the Musical, yeah. and yeah. he gets like, oh, yeah. how many actors? Did anybody die? Someone died. Nobody, nobody, nobody died. died. Nobody died. Almost got paralyzed for life, though. Well, yeah. I thought someone did die. No, no, no. Um, no. And the, the, that's the urban legend, Mike. Most people were just either horribly injured or almost paralyzed. First, first he drank Pepsi and ate Pop Rocks, and then he did the thing, and then right. he died. Uh, okay. And he knew Mikey from the Life commercials. <laughs> um, oh my god. Have you listened to the music to no, this or seen any not. of the videos? I've, I've avoided it like the plague. Oh my god. This is just... It's just... It doesn't know what it wants to be. Aren't there skating bees? Yes! <laughs> There are skating bees. Um, the Green Goblin does like a big glam rock number, and um, that was on the Tonys, right? No. I saw that somewhere. No, you saw it on the Lindsay Ellis video where she and Todd in the oh, Shadows okay. were showing clips that they were able to call from YouTube videos. Yeah. The thing is that the final villain was like this supposed to be like this spidery villain. She actually has a number about going out to shop. Ugh. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. Although, I, was, I, I do want to say, I could see Willem Dafoe doing a, uh, a, a glam rock number. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't. He probably has something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this, this kind of turned into a conversation, by the way. Um, I don't want to use the word devolved, but <laughs> discussing what? What? Avenue Q? I mean, what? here's the thing with Avenue Q, okay? You can't, like, devolve from Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark right. to Avenue Q. You're, right. You evolve. Right. Let's just let's just throw Avenue Q out there in terms of musicals that are amazing musicals. Yeah. That people need to know what the fuck they're taking their kids to see. <laughs> because our Avenue Q story is us sitting next to the only ten year old in the Broadway theater. Oh Jesus. Watching puppets. Fuck. Exactly. How how awkward was it when you when they went and they were doing uh, hey you can be out as loud as you want when you're having yeah. that's exactly it that's the scene and I'm just like I'm not this is not my responsibility this is not my responsibility <laughs> the, the, the we are here to enjoy don't a make show. eye contact with don't the make kids. exactly <laughs> the, the, the people that take their kids to see Avenue Q are also the kids that take their kids to their their ten year old daughters to see Passion of the Christ or Deadpool. There's, a big, oh, there's a big sign in the lobby that says not recommended for under Deadpool, 12. the musical. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> Chimichangas! <laughs> My wife is looking at me right now. Why are you singing so much? I really, really, really want to see this now. <laughs> Deadpool, please turn the dark back on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now here's one, Matt. Have you seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show on Broadway? Not on Broadway, but I've seen it done on stage. Of course, we. Isn't that how most midnight musicals work? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dave McLean brings up the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which prepared me for adulthood better than anything else I did in college. <laughs> um. I responded to him because I didn't know where his conversation was going here. Uh, I asked him if he was aware that it went to, came to Broadway featuring Joan Jett. Yep. Um, he knew it went to Broadway. He didn't know about Joan Jett. And then says, to anybody who is reading this thread right now, be advised. If you Google Joan Jett Rocker, Rocky Horror Picture Show, what you see cannot be unseen. I now have regrets. <laughs> 
she completely shaved her head and went like psychosexual really? for the role as um uh the one little Nell played the um, Columbia Columbia yeah 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 alright <sighs> moving moving yeah all right, Corey Frazee brings up uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, which we could honestly do an entire episode of historical fiction and musicals. Matt, you and I did Jesus Christ Superstar. We you were not privy to being kicked in the gut by Jamie Shea at the end of Gethsemane, though, apparently. I was not in that scene. You were not in that scene. Okay, no, that's why. I was not an apostle. Oh, God. I was, one of, the high, I was one of the high priests. Right. I was not an apostle. God, so. I remember that. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah. So, Matt and I were having a conversation about this. I firmly believe, and this is not saying that we did the definitive version of it. Like, there isn't a Broadway version that's better than what we did. But I really feel you keep it kind of in robes. Yeah. 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 Okay. You can vary it somewhat, which we did we somewhat. We did. Judas at the end is already dead. He's wearing his gold lame tuxedo. <laughs> but for the most part, I, I liked... I like it I when mean, you we keep were, it we, in Jerusalem. The priests, we were kind of in those weird leather things, and so it was a little odd. But a little Rob Nearance thing, I think, though. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I, I love Jesus Christ Superstar. I love the music of this. And this is one I actually prefer listening to the, uh, the concept album more than I like listening to mm. the, the Broadway. Mainly because that's what I used when we when we did it. That's yeah. what I listened to. Yeah, I love this musical. As did I. This is my favorite Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Oh, I have the whole book. Yeah. So, um, Chris said he's going to defer to his lo- his lovely musical loving wife on this topic, and we never heard back from him. So we leave that alone. <laughs> um, Mike, are you in the thread at all? You're in the thread right now. Yeah. I was just going to say, why don't you read what Jonna has to say about cabaret? You always have to make me read the longest pieces, don't you? Do you want me to read it? No. All right, fine. Well, she does two in a row, so do I have to read them both? Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Well, we've got to talk about cabaret at some point anyway, so. All right. It's too bad all the folks on this in on this discussion couldn't have seen the production I, sat, I saw recently at Cabaret. Actually, I've actually seen the, uh, the theater. Um, we saw the wedding singer together uh, at the theater that she went to see this. Uh, the theater, a small local one, did something radical that no larger theater could have done and took out all the seats, then decked the whole area out in small tables as the cabaret itself, huh. theater in the round style. So the audience became the cabaret audience with the performing area, with the performance area in the middle and the performers moving in and out close enough to touch. My mom could have patted the MC on the behind during the opening number, which I could, I'm surprised her mom didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it made for such an, a different and intimate feel for the show, very effective, and it made for the made the ending all the more emotional. That's really cool. Huh. That is actually how they did it, the revival version on Broadway. They did it at the old Studio 54, and they still had some traditional theater seating too, but there were a lot of cabaret-style tables yeah. on the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this the, was right up there in the action. Yeah, the theater that yeah. they did it in is not a big theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when we saw a wedding singer, there were there may be... Maybe 60, 70 seats. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so by doing it, they, they cut down their 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 seating ability significantly. Mm-hmm. But it would make for a much different show. Oh, sure. Yeah, we saw um, Assassins at Studio 54. Like, it's, what was it, second to last performance? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was amazing, by the way. Yeah. And I swear to God, Sondheim actually, like, acknowledged that I, like, 
Then we saw him Made peeking out. He was peeking out from one of the curtains. I was like, Andy, Andy, Andy! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, we share a birthday! <laughs> Actually, that is a true story. My birthday is March 22nd, the same day as both Stephen Sondheim and Andrew Lloyd Webber. He was like, you mean brothers. <laughs> <laughs> we are the same. <laughs> I see your thoughts. I'm your equal. <laughs> um, yeah. The Cabaret is an interesting one because I really like the movie. I've never seen uh, the original. Nor have I actually the, seen the, the, the revival, the, the, but I've seen the enough of it. The movie is very true to the original. The revival takes it in a whole different direction. It is stripped down. Yep. It is bare bones. And it is so much darker uh, a lot grittier, raunchier. I've done the revival version twice with the original Broadway production team. Okay. Um, so that piece is very, very special to me. Um, after having done that and seen that and worked with a lot of the people who did it on Broadway and you know worked with Alan Cumming yep. and did it at Studio 54, the original was like nothing to me now. Mm. It's all about that revival version. Oh. Just because it's so raw and real. And they really and they don't shy away from the fact that it's about Nazis, right? You know, I, didn't, didn't Joel yeah. Gray play, play the MC in the, the original the movie and the on Broadway? And the original, and they did a revival in the late late eighties. There was another revival that he did, but yeah, he was traditionally you know associated with the MC until Alan Cumming kind of hmm. took it and made it his own. Cool. Yeah. That's true, but it was it was Joel Gray, for sure. So, that's it's it it I I I've enjoyed the music from it again. It's oh, not something I've seen live, but it was the revival version was the show that kind of pioneered the trend of the actors being the band. Okay, all right. And then a lot of other shows have tried to do it since. With we saw the orchestra is not beautiful. No, yeah, no. we saw but Sweeney it, Todd. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> actually, no. You should be sorry because here's the thing: we went to go see Patti Lapone. Yeah, she did not show up for that performance. Mm. We got the world's worst understudy. The, the problem with that production of Sweeney Todd was that it was so deconstructed. And so stripped down. I know a lot of people who went to see it who weren't theater people. Yeah. And just didn't know what's going on. Right. Because it was so... When you strip down something so much that the story has to be... What's going on has to be explained to people. Yeah. You're missing the point of theater, which is to tell a story. Right. It's almost like you had a previous knowledge and seen the show at least once before. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad saying I didn't like that because Andy got me tickets for my birthday. I was no, very excited. It was a lovely. Like you can, I, 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 I did, I did not enjoy. Like it. It. I did enjoy the version we saw at the Kennedy Center with Brian Stokes Mitchell. Ooh. He oh. was a fantastic Sweeney. I Ooh. hope he does it again someday. It was that was a really love good. Love some Brian Stokes Mitchell. We went to actually, yeah, we just saw two shows. So at, we drove ten hours to see this. Yeah. Show. <laughs> <laughs> it better be good. No, we saw this was uh, the Sondheim birthday celebration. They had this okay, whole yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Poster. Oh yeah, we had the poster right up there. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. The Sondheim <laughs> I remember, I remember when this happened. Yeah. We saw uh, Sweeney Todd and we saw Company. Mm, company was company. great. I, I love, love company. company. It was it was so and another show they tried to do the. Uh, uh, cast being the band, right? I saw that on yeah. uh, the PBS. Yeah, PBS and, did and the again, uh, thing did, with Ralph Sparza. Yeah, that's a that's a yeah. kicker, you know. Yeah. yeah, 
So, uh, John's got one more. Mike, I'll read this if it's too much. No, no, okay, okay, go ahead, man. Uh, there should be a category for underrated musicals. The Scarlet Pimpernel went through so many rewrites, yeah. but it was a show that, despite the lackluster reviews, I really enjoyed. And Doug, and Doug Sills was tremendous as far as show. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, she actually introduced me to one of the first times I've, I went out there. She introduced me to the soundtrack. Yeah, and I really, really enjoyed it yeah. so much. Um, and actually, uh, there was a. There was like a community theater that um, one of your friends was Concord. In. Concord yeah, did it. Concord, yeah, yeah, we went to go see that version. Hi, John. Yeah. Shout out to John Saul. Yeah. Thanks, John. Uh, yeah, that was a no. That was a. I actually enjoyed it a lot. I mean, based on the very little I've listened to Frank Wildhorn musicals, uh, you brought this up, Catherine, actually, because you right. found like the the website. Of like different musicals, like there was a Jekyll and Hyde musical. Yeah, oh, yes. Lord, yes. Oh, I have many thoughts on this. <laughs> oh my god! But, but yeah, so my my husband actually brought up Scarlet Pimpernel as a uh, as a like deep cut classic. He likes yeah. it. Yeah, it's fun. I, I saw that one on Broadway. Doug Sills is the only person on Broadway who I've ever actually gotten their autograph from, Ooh. and he was very very charming. And um, what's his Terrence Mann? Terrence Mann. Thought we were waiting. We were waiting for Doug Sills, but he just assumed that you know. Oh, hi. <laughs> nice, nice to meet you. And, and to be fair, he was a little more famous than Doug. He Sills. was, yeah, and it, it mean, was it was an honor to shake his hand. Yeah. And he has very intense eyes. He's he's a little yes. intimidating, but um, I loved that production. And but the thing I think about Frank Wildhorn is he does these musicals that are set in period. Maybe he's got Jekyll and Hyde, Scarlet Pimpernel, and the Civil War. Yep. But these p- big costume period stuff that like looks like it wants to be lame is, but it's pop music, and it doesn't yeah. quite right. work. Nope. Pimpernel, a lot of the music it tries to sound eighteen uh, because they so use like, a harpsichord. It, it kind a of go- it kind of goes, but when you get into the big More power than balance, any of his other stuff, yeah, all right, creation of man. That's oh, yes, I love that one. Matt, That's a great one. what are your thoughts on Jekyll and Hyde? Okay, I saw <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde. It's actually not terrible if it's done correctly. I saw it in previews. You didn't see it with, what's his name? The Hoff? The Hoff. I did not see it with the I saw it with Robert Puccioli, who was the original, who was fucking brilliant. Now, the way they do his transformations the hair. is the hair, and it's all done with just body language yeah. and lighting. Now, when he's when he's Jekyll, his hair is all kind of just done. It's all pulled straight back, and he kind of stays very proper and and you know straight. And then when he turns into the hide, all he does is he just undoes this clasp, and his hair just kind of falls into this shaggy mane. Yeah, and he just kind of changes his body language and his look, and they change the lighting. It's all done with lighting. And when he has he has this one scene called I think it's called the confrontation. I might be wrong. Where he ha- has an argument with himself, and he just goes back and forth between the two. And he's 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 high and he's down and he's mean. And he just kind of throws his head back and so how does he get his hair back, back again? I don't know. No, he just he just let it hang straight oh, okay. back. Yeah. Um, the problem with it was Frank Wildhorn decided <laughs> to cast his wife Linda Edder as the female lead. Linda Edder has one of the most glorious voices in the history of Cabaret? musical theater. Yeah. It is delight. I could listen to her sing every day for the rest of my life and be float away in contentment. The problem is Linda Edder can't act her way out of a paper bag that isn't even there. <laughs> She was so bad. Now, it, now Robert Cuccioli was nominated for a Tony for this role. And I was blown away by him. I was stunned that he did not win. I don't know who beat him. I don't remember. 
What year was it? But I don't remember. I'm sure someone can look it up. Um, but now I'm thinking maybe he just seemed so good because she was so <laughs> horribly, horribly bad. Oh, maybe. This was and a... every time she tried to act, I'm just like, no, stop, stop acting. <laughs> can you just sing this part? I would love for you to just sing this part because you sound glorious. But no, stop, stop acting. It's, no. <clears throat> This is another one that Diva covered on Musical Hell because she did the Hoff version. Uh, and it, yeah, Sebastian Bach played it for a while. Yes, and in Where's fact, that? Sebastian Bach. Yeah, yes, that's that, 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 Sebastian yeah. Bach. Yes, my mother saw it with Sebastian Bach. Oh said boy, it was one of the worst things she's ever. Um, okay. actually, and they're bringing it back with Constantine Merlot. And apparently, I have a friend who was in it, and apparently, it wasn't that bad. Okay, yeah, because um, Diva's tweet today was why. <laughs> I just can't help thinking if it's all done with lighting, like that. It's so technically specific. If he's not on his mark, if he's yeah. not in the special, the, yeah. it doesn't work. And he was never not on his mark, though. It worked. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was 1997. He was nominated. All right, 97. I don't know who he lost to. Or it would have had to have been someone from a revival. It really yeah. would have had to have been. Check, check and see who, who Was that the won. weird year uh, where it was like, remember that musical Contact? No, no that was, that no was 2000. Again, Dancing. not a musical, a dance concert. A dance, yeah. yeah. A dance concert with, I remember seeing it was the first time Autumn and I watched the Tonys together and I'm like, okay, well, let's see what the, what the big musical is. Contact started with the, the like the the, the, sh- the piece that they decided to show from it was Robert Palmer's Simply Irresistible mm-hmm. and two people dancing. Yes. That was it. And yep. I'm like, am I, yep. am I missing something? Has Broadway changed this much since the last they, time I saw a show? They, they had to give us some sort of special dispensation to, to allow it to be nominated in the oh. category. And I don't remember what it was up against, but apparently whatever else was just so... Um, the only thing I remember... only one I remember from that year that got nominated was The Wild Party. And only because... Mandy Patinkin was like, yeah, it's a real wild party. Ooh. <laughs> oh, God. You were an Eagle Montoya. Show some respect. <laughs> he, 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 lost, he lost to, J- to James Naughton James as Billy Flynn in Chicago. Oh, Golger, a revival. Yep. Makes sense. Yep. All right, well, that is it for... The, all right, so I want to thank everybody who, who responded to the Facebook thing. That yeah. took us the entire way. Yeah, although, much, yeah. although I will be, uh, uh, John will let me hear it if I don't mention um, that we, I, she wanted this t- this episode to be called uh, "Gay European" from uh, uh, Legally Blonde the Musical, right? Which is a really fun song. So check, check it out on YouTube. It is really fun. Are there any musicals? Real quick, we're going to do a roundtable before we talk about a couple of like the TV things, so these two can fight, okay. Catherine. <laughs> um, no, not you, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, are there any musicals, real quick, you guys wanted to quickly discuss that we didn't talk about? Just Good like ones that, or yeah, bad ones? doesn't matter. If there's something that we feel that we missed that you really need to get off your chest, honey, feel free. I want to talk about how Lion King beat Ragtime. Agreed. Yes. Yep. All right, you two. <laughs> it was a difficult, difficult day that, that yeah, Tony it was a hard, It was a hard day. It was. Yeah. I, just, I remember... Well, I remember... Was it they brought they brought Ragtime back? They revived it. It was like oh, it was a shoe in to win revival. Now it no. lost to something terrible. I remember. I don't remember what it was, but it, it's one of those shows that works the way it was. You didn't need to change it in the revival. If you're gonna bring, when they brought Cabaret back again, they yeah. did the exact same 
version. Right, right. I mean, the 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 original version of Ragtime just works in every way. Oh, you mean the revival so. that that lost me my a third of my solo this summer? Oh that yes, revival? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yeah. honey. Yes, yeah, that revival. Mm-hmm. I did not know there were two versions of Ragtime. Yeah. So when we went into our first yeah. sing through this summer, and we get to he wanted to say, and then there's the trio, yeah, where the two men, two two men meeting that. Yep. And then Emma's got her big power note. I'm ready to go. Yep. I'm ready to go. I'll be practicing. And then she, she skips. To the end. <laughs> I'm like, what? Am, are, am I missing it? But what? And she's like, oh, no, this version doesn't have the bridge of the song. Like, then don't do that version. <laughs> <laughs> like, where did it go? But that, that was, song is so great. And they seem to like you, too, which is weird. They couldn't have brought it back for you. She tried. She actually did try because oh. we got a hold of the um, conductor's score from the original version. But oh. it was in a slightly different key, and our pianist couldn't transpose yeah, I remember you saying. But I guess the reason that a lot of like local theaters are doing this version is because the orchestra is scaled down. Okay. You only need like sixteen orchestra members versus like thirty. When I did, you can, if if you have someone who knows what they're doing, you can use the the OrcX program, which is how yeah. when I did it. We did the full version, and we only had like maybe four accompanying musicians as well. Wow. Just, the rest was all done, you know, electronically, and it worked. It was great. It was because you get like, the full. The full yeah. sound, the full or- orchestral sound, and everything is great. It's just like that's like the her best that's moment. Great, that's her best moment. Show and they cut that, it. That song is like the crux of the show. The almost. song's in yeah. there, but it's like the beginning and the end. Oh, the middle's right. gone. Oh, it's been that's, gutted. That's that's. that's You're still phenomenal, honey. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Catherine. Um. Any? Uh, the movie version of Chicago, can we talk about John C. Riley's Mr. Cellophane? That's a great number. It I is. liked it. it yes. Yeah. I really like that, too. Especially because didn't Joel Gray do it in the Joel revival? Gray, Joel Gray, uh, yeah. And that, I love that song. I really do love that song. I saw it done kind of eh on The Muppet Show, and I was like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, it's it's not a fun song. It's a very sad no, song. No, it's a sad song. It's got to be done right. And yeah. John C. Riley just yeah, killed it. He did a it. really yeah. good job with it. They did cut a really good song from that show that made me grumpy, but I understand why they did it. They cut the song Class, which is a duet between Mama and Velma. Okay. And But, like, as Diva explained this to me, in the film version, everything is in Roxy's head. How she's seeing, how everybody... Right. Where she wouldn't be seeing these two other characters having a duet right. about what that's a shitty true. world they're living in. Right. So it makes sense, but it's like, that's a... You know, yeah. you hate it when they cut a good song. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Autumn? I don't know. I have many thoughts on many things. <laughs> I, what was um, the biggest thing you bit your tongue on earlier? When? I don't remember. <laughs> no, she, she, did, she did it a lot. She did it a lot, yeah. so it's going to be hard. There were, there were times where you were swirling the wine and just staring. <laughs> Most of those were just <laughs> like, do I say something to Andy? Do I stop him now? Or <laughs> do I let him embarrass himself even more than he's already doing? <laughs> products of like I think when you grow up really influences your taste even though you can your taste can mature mm-hmm. and you can like new things but you retain a soft spot I will fully I will come out and admit that I have a big ass soft spot for Phantom of the Opera I mean when I was 12 that was the most incredible awesome thing in the world now my yes, taste is more subtle it is more refined 
Nuanced. But I, Nuanced. I will always have a big soft spot in my heart for Michael Crawford. I, I just saw it again when it came through Boston like yeah. two months ago. Yeah. I had two friends in it and I went and I had to it's by still, myself and had a grand old time. If, still, I had, yeah. if I'd had exposure to it before it was the entire basement singing along <laughs> yeah. the soundtrack, yeah. you oh, know, God. I probably would like, you know, like I should give it a chance at some point and I will. Yeah. It, it's funny. And also, also, also a joke, my husband doesn't sing it. So watch the staged concert version of it. Yeah. Wait, don't watch the movie. Um, don't watch the movie. It's interesting you mention that though, Catherine, because like when we did Grease in high school, I hate like, Grease. I'll admit that too. Yeah, it's like I, I really like I let all of my hatred of Grease gloss over me when I did it in mm-hmm. my junior year of high school because it was like, oh, okay, I'm having a great time with my friends. I'm just with Autumn. I fucking hate Grease. The moral of Grease is that if you want to catch a man, you have to put aside all your morals and your fashion choices right. and become a slut. Yeah, you, should, you, need to, you, need, you need to be what he wants. And right, right, yeah. Matt. I can't remember. Did you join us for the uh, anniversary show? The anniversary HGW show recently, the most recent one. No, I, I could not. Oh, okay. Yeah, not so you that. missed us having to do Greece, where essentially the choreography was just what you expect all Greece <laughs> choreography to be. No, this. Oh. Just the pelvic thrust, just the pull, the attack. Wella, 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 uh, tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> it's a date rape song. It, oh my god. No, no. It is. Well, they don't, they didn't actually do it. The, the but, mo- yes, it's, it's a, yeah. I still think that the movie takes place as a fever dream in Sandy's head before she drowns yeah. to death. <laughs> that can, is the only way to explain the flying car at the end. <laughs> no, the, the moral of Greece is that Eddie Deason is the greatest actor of all time. That's true, he is. I played his role in That's high school. That's the moral of every movie. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Joe, I know you, don't, you, 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 you proclaimed you didn't have much to add to this, but you have any musicals we didn't talk about? No, please in. The only real musical I've ever actually gone to see on stage was, like I said, at Les Mis. And you had a cannon blow and off And I had a cannon blow off right in my left ear and you almost, I almost fell out of the plane. Can there. you hear anything? Oh, you gotta prepare. No, I'm really being serious. I cannot I can, hear I am, anything because this cannon went off in my ear. <laughs> I am in pain. <laughs> Mike? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think we've mentioned uh, Wicked. Oh... I like Wicked a lot. I really, really enjoy Wicked. I think the more I think about Wicked, the more I think that I really love Defying Gravity and Popular and not much else about the musical. Yeah, I've seen too many drag queens butcher (laughs) Defying Gravity. (laughs) That's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I I, I, I still enjoy uh, Dancing Through Life. Uh, She's not that girl. Oh, thank God for Let It Go. (laughs) <laughs> you gave Adina Menzel another song to sing in front of the president. That's you true. know, it's just like, um, it's you know, it, it is a good one. I mean, I, we saw it on, in Boston, and it was it was fine. It was it was yeah, it was a fine, fine musical. It's just but it's, fine. it's one of those things that like like Rent. It is oh, very I, much I, got that cult. Yeah, I think it's much better than Rent. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, I yeah. agree. I agree with that. But, but you know, you're right. It does have that group of people, the, the sort of wicked heads. If you how call dare them. you say anything about this? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I also want to bring up one more that pff, nobody's probably ever heard of. High Fidelity, the musical. I love High Fidelity. Yeah. I love that even though I can't sing a single song from it. Yeah. I, I, I it, it had some like preview show, like maybe like maybe two weeks of preview shows in Boston before I moved to Broadway for about a week before it closed. Uh, I saw one of the preview shows down in Boston. I loved wow. it. 
It's I another one of those phenomenal. shows that's the um, the ba- the actors are the band. Okay. So yeah, I mean, is it based on the movie at all? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Very much. Uh, but I, 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 hell, I love the movie. I thought the musical fit was fantastic. Ooh. Yep. And I've got two quickly to talk about. The first one is You're in Town, the musical. I love You're in Town. Yep. Oh God, yeah. You're in Town is said, and it's great. I, I've, I really feel this is a great one for communities to do. Yes. Because it's yes. so low. It's so lo-fi. It's so easy to do. And yep. it's just such a great send-up of musicals in and of themselves. Yes. Because you see a little Sally in a musical. <laughs> Sometimes you have to just Hydraulics. Go hydro- what about hydraulics? <laughs> Sometimes you just have to go with the more obvious things, little Sally. And then, um, finally, Monty Python spam a lot. Mm. Yes. yes. A, fun, a fun romp. It, it is a yes. fun romp. There are some fun songs on there. And as we've all learned, you won't succeed on Broadway if you, if you don't, don't have, have any, any Jews. Jews. A friend, a friend of mine <laughs> got to see Alan Tudyk in Spamalot. And I'm got so to go jealous to- right oh, now. Wow. Who was he? I don't remember. Is he Galahad? I'm not sure. But he got- and she got to go backstage, oh. and she got to talk to him, and she got to say, "Spoiler alert! I'm so sorry, Joss I'm- killed you." <laughs> Stab I'm her! To find out who he I need to know as well. Oh my god, that is. I feel like he'd be Galahad. I could see him doing Sir Robin. No, I see no, I'm not yeah, him. I see him doing Galahad. Galahad. Yeah. Once in every show, there comes a song like this. <laughs> He's That's Lancelot. He's Lancelot. Wow. Lancelot. Yeah. I can see that. He now. likes to dance a lot. And in tight pants a lot. I'm surprised you haven't met, you haven't talked about Wedding Singer. Uh, honestly, in the I was singer. in the wedding singer. It's it's a fine musical, but it's not what I would yeah. consider to be a great I, I musical. Talk about every musical we've been in, we've been I still prefer it, oh, yeah. it over the movie because I hate Adam Sandler. Yeah, that's true. It's um, one of the few times I find Adam Sandler yeah. tolerable. To watch. Jesus, I mean, we could talk about Filler on the Roof forever because uh, I know, we're, but we're not going to. Right, exactly. Because between you, me, and Autumn, we have I can count it maybe at least six times. We have three of us. <laughs> I've, I've only done it, done it twice. Once Same here. We've, yeah. all, We've done all done it twice. Done it twice. Yeah. And I played Morka both times. We have Did to you really. We have to talk about Filler on the Roof because it's tradition. Tradition. <sighs> yeah, no. This was uh, this was <laughs> our one celebrity show. Oh, yeah, Eddie Mecca. I did it with Eddie Mecca in a gunkwit. Oh, I'm so yeah. sorry, you poor bastard. Yeah, I did it with Eddie. Did your did your finale of Anatevka involve a like put your hand in and take your hand? The out? Jewish no, high five? No, 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 no. We had a director who knew what he was doing. Oh, oh good. Um, oh god. Much to Eddie's chagrin, we, Eddie just wanted to do his shtick. We had a director who knew what he was doing, but he got overruled. He got overruled by, by the Eddie production staff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he was my college roommate. We have to do what he says. Mm-hmm. So, all right, real quick, because this is running super long now, and I haven't even factored in edits. Catherine, shows that had musical, like special musical episodes, and you guys can argue the shit out of this one. But quickly, please. But quickly, please. All right. One of the biggest, I'm sorry, but one of the biggest tropes I hate in TV is that every series somehow has to have a musical episode in it. Fuck you. (laughs) Joe, I'm with you on this. Go ahead, Catherine. Okay, in Xena. I don't care. Shut up! <laughs> in Grubs, in Xena, they've reached a point where, you know, Gabrielle's daughter had killed Xena's son, and there was just, they were at an impact. There was no way that they were going to get over this. Xena comes racing in, and she's about to kill Gabrielle, and the ghost of Xena's son sucks them into this parallel world, which is all musical, and this is the way they're able to actually get through it so that they can keep the show going. 
is yeah. to work through it through song, and it's really well done, and Lucy Lawless can sing. So I mean, that, I mean that's the, the whole point of like once more with feeling from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's the the, the musical episode actually has has consequences a, for the show. They had a and, whole lot of conflict going into once it, more with feeling, and they and it all comes out and it gets discovered and they come out the other side. Why does Oz need a musical episode? Because it's Wizard of Oz. Dude. You know what no, needs that, a musical? No, that, no, that no, the prison, no, 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 but the prison. We're, show. we're not talking about the people that did it because it really worked on Xena and it really worked on Buffy. Everybody else is copycats and they yeah. failed. Yeah. So, let's get back to the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so James Marsters can sing. James Marsters can sing. Amber can sing. Anthony Stewart Head. He can sing. Yeah, they did song. They did sing-alongs at Joss's house all the time, and that's why they decided to do a musical episode. Willow couldn't sing. Well, yeah, she she expressed this in the very first season where she's talking about her worst nightmare was being dragged up on stage to sing, and she's like, "Very bad to sing." And, so then they were like, "You're gonna sing?" No. And one of her lines is, "I think this line's only filler." Yes. <laughs> yeah, she had a she had a. But, you know, the, and, like, the, the fact that the entire town is singing and you sort of have these little bits like, they got the mustard out! <laughs> oh, God. And, um... Yeah. Next time we can talk about live musicals. Yeah. And, um... Oh. And the one other thing I would throw out there is the the uh, jukebox... Or is that what we're calling them? Jukebox musicals? Yeah. Um, of Liar Liar, Hearts on Fire that they did on Xena. Um, a few seasons later, which was a jukebox musical, and it was really funny. And their cover of Always Something There to Remind Me, their death metal cover, <laughs> is oh. so fun. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, that's like the whole, like, you know, that, that style is very well suited to TV musicals. Like the yeah. Joss Whedon, the Sam Raimi style. Yeah. That can work. But then when you're trying to copy it, it doesn't work. Yeah. Do we want to explain the Flash musical episode, though? Because while Grant Gustin and Melissa Benoist are very good singers... And her, her, alum, her cover Oh, of, my God. It just felt so forced. Oh, come on. Her, her cover and of... That's my feeling of most, awesome. And that's my feeling of most musical TV musicals. Is right. They're forced. They're, it's like, what are we going to do for this season? We're running they're out they're of ideas. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, gimmicks. Exactly. And I... Hate that. I hate when you when you run out of ideas that you're only you're forced to have gimmicks. It's time to it's time to stop and move on to something else. Because there were good songs there. I liked the framing device of the one on Scrubs. They had a patient played by Stephanie DeBruzzo from Avenue Q, and she had some sort of a, like brain tumor that she was seeing everybody singing and dancing. It was all in her head, huh. but it was you know it wasn't really like the you know the people in the hospital weren't really doing that. Right. But that's the way she was seeing them. So the framing device. Worked right. really well. Well, there was an episode of Thirty Rock. It was like the uh, end of season two, right before the writers' strike, where they had no f- good way to end the end of the season. Yeah. So essentially, they just turned it into a musical episode. Because I remember like Kenneth singing "Midnight Train to Georgia" <laughs> on the way out, and they just kind of finished the the episode like that because they didn't know if they were coming back the next right. year. Um, and it, it seems like no genre of TV is free from this. It's like every genre is. Well, because there are so many actors that are just plain actors who do have a song in their heart, no matter how misguided that thought is. <laughs> and Dr. Horrible's sing-along bug is awesome. Yes, yes it is. No yeah. exceptions. Yes, exactly. No, I, I will agree with that, and, you know, it gave us Felicia Day, so... Yeah. No, Felicia Day was successful with the Guild already when they went to do this. Did, was she? She was, she was doing the Guild, 
and she met Joss in the writer's strike line. Oh. But this one really kind of got her and uh, Neil Patrick Harris, because they play off each other some of the fears. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Nathan Fillion. Is just... Some genres are exempt. We have not yet got to the point of Game of Thrones, the musical. Oh, no. Well, well give, give it time. time. Yeah. <laughs> give it time. Well, no, they only no, have like they're, they're six done. episodes they left. That's, that's not going to happen. Well, they, yeah, they're not going to do it <laughs> It's inexcusable if they're going to squander one of those well, actually, episodes. Actually, there is. There's that whole comedy thing. There is... Um, and that red nose thing on on YouTube where Chris Martin oh, was, yeah. was writing a Game of Thrones musical to go to Broadway and they like got all the cast to come to rehearsal. And that was actually oh, that's funny. Fa- it, it was very funny. Fun. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That was that was amusing. And also a- also the Sesame Street Game of Thrones spoof was very amusing. Yeah, time to get a song. So is the Sesame Street yeah. Les Mis. It's uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen that too. They're, they're, they've got a lot of good. Jean Valjean doesn't want to share his cookies. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Stranger Things one was also yeah. very good. Yeah, but that, that's another whole. Show. Yeah. So, anyway, Matt, thank you so much for joining yes. us. Hey, bravo, bravo. Is there anything you need to plug, sir? Not at the moment. Not at the moment. Okay. Well, I'm sure there will be something at some point, and we yes. will definitely be happy to uh, to to retweet that stuff for you because he does follow us on Twitter, which is at Geek Salad Radio on Twitter. Um. So next episode, we are going to write the final wrong. In our, we missed this during 80s retrospecticus kind of things. Yes. And we're going to recap the movies of 1981. Something we haven't, you know, like two years ago we did 198, the music of 1981. So we're, we're kind of finally writing this last wrong. So finally, we can talk about Clash of the Titans, guys. I know you've been dying to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Release the Kraken! It yes. was your first experience with boobies. It was, it? yes, yeah. it was. It, that was my first uh, <laughs> theatrical movie, boobies. <laughs> Oh, theatrical movie poopies. Yeah. I was going to say, didn't your parents get National Geographic? Huh? Uh, no, they did not. No. So anyway, um, if you have any favorites of, of the long bygone year of 1981, you go, to, you go to Wikipedia, have fun, like, oh my god, that was one? That was one? If you've got cable in 1982 or 1983, you'll be more familiar with the movies than you would be if you... Didn't look beforehand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you have any favorites, you can email us at geeksaladradio at gmail.com. Uh, you can also post that, uh, again, on our Twitter page, which is at geeksaladradio, or uh, on our Twitter, I'm uh, sorry, our Facebook page, which is geeksaladpodcast, uh, or hit us up on our respective social media and or email sites. Uh, you can also check out our archive, both at um, iTunes or on the Stitcher app, or just go to geeksalad.podbean.com and download the app as well to get the full Geek Salad archive of so many, so many episodes. Also, lastly, please, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yes, yes, <laughs> actually, Andy and I, um, we, we, last few weeks we've been doing it, and we will continue to do it, so every week we've been doing a review of uh, uh, the MCU movies Leading up to Infinity, Infinity War. War, yeah. So every week for the next, God knows how many weeks? Uh, there's three, so 16 more weeks. 16 more weeks. We're going to be talking about every movie in the Marvel Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. Yep. Oh, yeah. There's dedication. Yeah. There's yeah. dedication. Because yeah. eventually I'm going to have to go back and rewatch Thor The Dark World. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. We, we just had to watch Iron Man 2. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so definitely... Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, where you can also get, you know, copyright pending um, every every subsequent episode of Geek Salad as well. Yeah, one of our music groups sucks. Yeah, exactly. So, Matt, thanks a lot for joining us. Autumn! Yay! Thanks for joining us! Uh, and until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later. Blue, 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 bl
my God, I was wrong. It was Earth all along. You finally made a monkey. Yes, we finally made a monkey. Yes, you finally made a Zayas! <laughs> <laughs>